And now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for. That's right. It's our second annual Attack of the Killer Podcast Movie Awards. What? Second annual? Yeah. Oh. Have we done this more than twice? Yeah. Oh. Are you really asking? Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's the third annual. <laughs> no? I, you should have looked this up. <laughs> it's the annual Attack of the Killer Podcast Awards right here on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Welcome to the anal episode. Annual. Annual. Bad at spelling, I know. Of Attack of the Killer Podcast Movie Awards. We do this every year where we um, count down our top ten favorite films of that year. And what year is it? Well, 2019. <laughs> I am your MC for this festivities, Insane Mike. And boy, do we have a great show for you tonight. But first... Some uh, some little housekeeping here. Do you know what Attack of the Care podcast is, really? Well, I'm going to tell you. What we are is we're a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together and we talk about movies. But not just any movies, but horror movies within a particular topic. Now, the award show is a little bit different than how we usually do it. Uh, we usually talk maybe two or three films and just, you know, films within a particular topic. and But... Uh, the award ceremony is different because we're going to be talking about a lot of freaking movies. <clears throat> and because of that, we kind of speak openly and freely, so there may be spoilers. Now, if you have just now stumbled onto Attack of the Killer podcast for the first time, you can hear us along with many other wonderful podcasts on our very own podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. 17 shows and growing. It's been a awesome, awesome ride with a lot of great shows and a lot of great friends that we've met along the way. So check out all the shows at the Prescribed Films Podcast Network at thepfpn.com. And the, the, uh, this award show, there's a lot of money that goes into these award shows. You know, you got the lights, you got the song, you got the, <laughs> the song and bags. dance numbers. <laughs> yeah, the goodie bags. The limo ride. That's right, the red carpet. The tux. Yep. So, um, get Neil Gotta Patrick. Gotta make sure the carpet matches the drapes, too. <laughs> uh, you know, make sure Neil Patrick Harris shows up. Um, so... It, it, it costs a lot of money, so you can help support us by going to our Patreon. That's right, we have a Patreon. And so if you go to Patreon, uh, AOTKP, uh, and check it out, there's different tiers, and you can get a lot of great, cool stuff with your money, like uh, Insane Mike's One Minute, one minute Top Ten list, uh, bonus episodes. Um, you also can get uh, special video updates from... All the different crew members here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Two weekly videos. Two weekly videos. And podcasts every week. Not this every other week crap like the normal show. 
So go to pod. So go to Patreon, AOTKP, and pick your tier. Choose what goodies you want, and become a Patreon supporter now. <clears throat> also, this award ceremony wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for our sponsor, Shutter. Woo! Shutter is a an amazing online st- uh, streaming service that you can for horror fans. Um, you can like tons of cool movies and shows, and they just had another Joe Bob special oh, that so I haven't good. had a chance to watch yet. Oh, so excited. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I hear that, uh, what's her face? Oh. Reenacts the antler scene from Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Do, is she wearing a shirt? Um, they cover her with uh, her nipples with uh, little reindeer. So why would they bother? It's on Shutter. <laughs> because she tried to get it, but Shutter would not allow it. What were the movies they showed? Uh, first Black one. Christmas. What's that? Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Uh, Jack Frost and Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Mm. Two out of the three of those movies have boobs in them. Yep. And yet she couldn't. Okay, whatever, Shutter. Um, I know. That doesn't make any sense. But we love Shutter anyway, so. Yes. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why are you complaining? <laughs> if you haven't signed up for Shutter yet, I'll tell you what. I'm going to hook you up with your first month for free. So if you go to Shutter, you put in our promo code AOTKP, and you can check it out for a month for free. But I'm telling you, you're going to get hooked. You're going to stick with it, and your life will be better for it. So go now. So, now, back to the award show. And it's time to introduce you to the award show people. <laughs> Co-hosts. <laughs> Presenters. Presenters. There you go. He has won four AVN awards for DVDA. Tad Good, everybody. <laughs> A lot thank of initials you, you, uh, in there. Yeah, I should. I thank my uh, parents and my wife, uh, who weren't in my videos. Um, yeah. But Buddy made an appearance the other day. Uh, that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. He had this guy just won Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor in the Vincent Price Arnold Schwarzenegger Buddy Cop film, where he played both roles. <laughs> Andy Wassum, everybody. <laughs> Let's roll the clip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. What what cop movie could I could I rip off right now? Um, I want to hear Vincent Price do the Danny Glover line. I'm getting too old for this shit. Okay, Vin- Vincent Price doing. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> now we see why um, you won. Yep. Yeah, I figured. What 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 does what does Riggs say that could Arnold could do? Um, do you really want to jump? Let's do it, asshole. Let's do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, Bravo. And lastly, winner of best fluffer, Jason. Hey, I like things fluffy. <laughs> oh gosh. Hi everybody. <laughs> Thanks for 
listening to our fun little this, podcast. This is already going off the rails. It's so off the rails. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens <clears throat> when I don't make notes. Oh, gosh. Trying something different this time. Clearly yeah, working out. Good idea out. on the biggest uh, episode of the year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's not like any traditional episode. And because of that, we're not going to be doing what we watched because... Guess what? This is what we've been watching. <laughs> <This is> it. <laughs> um, but I kind of want to start off with just uh, seeing what everybody, everybody's thoughts are on this year, year in horror. Um, what did everybody think of 2019's uh, horror selection overall? Uh, Jason? Oh, I think it's great. I think it's great every year. But I I don't know I'm the, the boy b- who screamed off. Awesome. I know I but I and I always feel like the biggest cheerleader. But I say I say literally the biggest cheerleader. Yeah, that's a fat joke, and I I am just going to move <laughs> it's on. A, it's past a tall it. joke. A tall joke. Oh, okay. Tall fat joke. Got it. But uh, I I say hey, that's not true you. to anyone who says horror. Not as good because it's just as good as it's been. I think we're in a renaissance. This the last few years have been awesome. We got tons and tons and tons of awesome new horror movies, and maybe more theatrical than the last. It's I think it's great. I love it, and I think there's even more like television too in the horror. A lot of more horror going everywhere. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. Counterpoint. It stinks. <laughs> Come on, that's bull. I, I do feel like I didn't love this year's crop as much as last. I knew or you were gonna say that. But I do feel like the uh, highs are very high. I felt like there was a big gap this yeah. year for me. So I felt like my top probably seven or eight are very, very. I loved them, and then after that, like uh, I, I still like, obviously, like my top ten. But um, it. I had a hard time sort of picking at the bottom where I felt like anything was necessarily worthy. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't want to complain about it because there was a lot of good stuff I saw, but it just wasn't uh, – there was some that I I, I felt like I, I watched a lot of stuff that wasn't great. This <laughs> I guess that comes in quantity too. The more yeah. you watch, the uh, more crap you're going to watch and the more good stuff you're going to watch. But, you know, I felt like uh, – yeah. I felt exactly the same though. My one through seven – Bam! Nailed it. It was easy. Yeah. With that eight, nine, and ten, I could have put. I could put in. Yeah. Took yeah. a minute, but yeah, good stuff. Andy, you watch new things only because we make you. <laughs> what? <are> you? <laughs> no, I made, I made it to the theater a lot, a lot more <laughs> this year, and um, uh, you guys are dicks. I work. Like <laughs> I work. I wrote a freaking feature script. I work eleven hour days. I work out like a freaking motherfucker, and I do the impressions for you on command. You guys are still flipping me shit. <laughs> I, I think you're the, the new stuff guy. So shit about is that uh, you tend to watch laser discs and fucking VHFs tapes more than uh, yes. new stuff. So we're, we're not we're not saying that you, you uh, are a bad horror fan. We're saying that yeah. you tend to. Uh, I'm an Rebel. old school. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's your thing. That's there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um, I do. I do like to watch the classics. I mean, I know <laughs> realize this isn't like a um, what we watch sort of thing, but you know, I've been diving into like Fulci and watching City of the Living Dead or Gates of Hell, whatever you want to call it, and 
I just been doing a lot of that. But uh, this year, I thought that um, I, I agree with Tad. The highs are are really high. Um, I think this year was it had its disappointments. That I was it had stuff that I was really excited for, and it kind of let me down. Um, but I think a lot of the, uh, what I was really impressed with this year was like some of the reality based horror. And I'll get into that once, once we get, get to, uh, get into my list, but the true story stuff I thought that was presented was, was, was really good. That's, and you know, that's just my opinion. So I kind of feel like this year, um, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong and I know Um, Jason will. I feel like uh, it's been more quality over quantity this year. I kind of feel like that, I don't know, uh, yeah, and maybe in years past we've really scraped the bottom of the barrel to try to have a giant, to have a big enough list, but it feels like this year's list that we've compiled feels smaller than it has in the past, but with higher quality films, though, overall. Yeah, I think you're sort of saying what I said in a in probably a more eloquent way because uh <laughs> like uh it's never happened before. <laughs> That's weird. But you're you're right. Like um <laughs> going through the list, like I looked at what I watched, how many I watched last year. I watched less, but I felt like I watched more and it's probably cuz I had to trudge through some not quality stuff, but the, like I said the stuff that I have at the top of my list was so damn good. Like I'm very excited to, you know. Sorry, listeners, this this episode is going to suck. But uh, next episode, no. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, my top of my list, I'm very excited about. Like I love these movies, and and maybe it's you know it is like you said, uh, quality over quantity. So yeah, I mean, do we have a running total of how many films overall are on the list, Jason? Yeah, I have to get rid of some of these negative spaces. But uh, don't worry about it. I but I just feel like if it wasn't for um, uh, Into the Dark, <laughs> you know, like I mean, Into the Dark alone gave us twelve. That's, gave us twelve you're movies. Right, twelve. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, he's doing it. He's he's yeah doing the numbers. So it just and and again. Not that our list is probably anywhere close to being everything that came out this year. No, it definitely is not. Yeah, because I, I was watching stuff and then adding to it as I watched it yeah. quite often. And uh, mm. it's it's just impossible to do that, you know? Yeah. But, uh... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm watching <laughs> him do that. I um, actually, I, I tried, I was looking at trying something different this year. And uh, I'm sort of glad I didn't follow all the way through with it um, because I found that Rotten Tomatoes does a thing where they list their top, like, 20 top-rated movies according to the Rotten Tomatoes. And I I got through, like, the top, like, you know, 10 or something of them. But you can't, you know, if you only watch what critics like, you're going to be pretty disappointed because there's some on that list that I was like, this is top of the list where stuff that wasn't on the list i absolutely loved so um to me it was a an interesting experience experiment and uh sort of showed me that it's you know it proved to me at least for my taste that it's not necessarily um the top rated stuff that's going to appeal to me but you know i found some gems in there too and so our list this year was of 96 films that comprised 
our list. Uh huh. Yeah. Last year our list was a hundred and one. So yeah. five mm, movies. Not too much. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's pretty mm. much the same. Okay. All right. Maybe I can finish the list by next episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then your list will change, right? Yes. We'll have to start over. Okay. I'm watching one right now as we're uh, recording, actually. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, just, stop, stop. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kind of I love I it, though. You've been, uh, you've been going to town. It's been awesome. Do we want to share those numbers? Oh. Well, yeah, Tad wins this year. Tina we- almost got me, though, and she's not even recording. And she was trying, trust me. <laughs> She's probably getting pissed every time she logged in. Yep. I had two I'm, more on That's there. true. She really was. <laughs> I'm probably dead last again, ain't you I? You buy just a lot. <laughs> I, if I could have fit one more in, I would have tripled your number. So Ted, Ted got 65 out of 96 films. 65, that's pretty good. I got 53. Mike got third place, so you still get a medal. Woo! With 33. And Dustin, who sadly isn't going to be here this year. That sucks. He got 31, and then Andy, 23. I still want to hear Dustin's list, so like you had the I idea know. of maybe... I know, we're hoping he'll uh, record maybe. record his list, and we can insert it later. Episode. Or, yeah, make his a bonus or something. <clears throat> we're going to get his list, gosh dang it. Yeah. Because yeah. his is always so far different. Right. Uh, we should get to ours. <laughs> I know. Okay, so so speaking of ours, let's get into it. Um, oh my gosh! Starting number off number ten. Starting off with number ten. So Andy, what is your tenth favorite film of two thousand nineteen? Uh my my tenth favorite film of two thousand nineteen, and even though it's reality based, but it doesn't make it like less horrifying. And it's actually it's actually quite long. It was uh, the series Chernobyl. Oh, he went with a TV breaking the rules right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. It was on the list. It was on the list. I agree with you, though, man. Chernobyl uh, is freaking amazing. Uh, just Jared Harris's uh, performance with uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Uh, their chemistry was was just totally awesome. Um, and it's it just goes to show what uh, how your ego can like totally screw you over, and how many people uh, basically suffered and died for this. Just and the makeup and the special effects that they did for like these firefighters and these people that worked at the uh, this nuclear reactor plant. Unreal. It's just oh god, it's just so nasty, and you know that this stuff actually happened. Um. It was actually pretty, really informative too. I mean, yeah. I, I, rec- I recommend anybody, you know, watch this. You know, it's like, uh, you know, here, here, they, here, you know, the Soviet Union was at the height of the Cold War, you know, and they didn't, you know, they downplayed the seriousness of what was going on because they didn't want to look weak, and uh, that, and they suffered for that too. You know, because they did not get a cap on this thing like right away, which is what they needed to. And, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of birth defects, a lot of kids looking like they came out of the Mos Eisley Cantina, you know, uh, just really gnarly looking. <laughs> uh, uh, 
it's just it's just a really really uh and the production value of this is like insanely good dude uh it's, it just looks really really good um this you know and they showed what happened to the firefighters that came there to put out the fire from the reactor and they're picking up chunks of shit and they don't know what it is and sooner and like you know five minutes later like their hands like ready to melt off in he, this guy had gloves on too. I mean, it's because it's so radioactive and, uh, just terrifying it, that invisible killer. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, maybe next year you'll have the, uh, Russian version that they're doing to sort of, uh, you know, uh, or, or is it Russian or whichever version there's not the country that is, that is depicted in the movie. They're doing <laughs> their own to, uh, sort of, yeah, they're going to make their own version that, um, sort of questions or uh, goes against the American version because they feel like it's um, inaccurately depicting what happened. And Uh. (laughs) well, I mean, there's, there's, there's this one scene that really sticks out in my head because these three divers had to go down there where like the water was leaking from the reactor and they had to go down there. I, I can't quite remember. It's been a couple of months since I've seen this. But uh, they had to go down there, and uh, the radiation—the radiation was just affecting their equipment. And it's just like they can't—it was turning their flashlights off. I mean, it was just you know. They, so they're down there, you know. They can't see and now. They can't see to get out. So you know, uh, just really, really spooky stuff, you know. Because and all this stuff supposedly happened, you know. Maybe yeah. the Ukraine people will disagree, but. Uh, yeah, I recommend anybody watch this. This is it's 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 really informative, and then it's really kind of scary as hell. And plus, Stellan Starsguard and uh, Jared Harris's chemistry, and just how how both of how their relationship evolves through the show because they hated each other. Because one was just like a very um, Stellan Starsguard's character. He was very uh, very uh, political and very you know country oriented. Just like this and this and this, and but you know, Jared Harris, he's like the scientist. It's like, look, you really need to do something about this. You know, oh, it's nothing. Blah 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 blah. And he threatens to throw. Say another word, and I'll throw you out of the helicopter. And you know, you know. And since they worked on trying to get a cap on this thing, they they both got cancer eventually, and they they became like really good friends. And they said, you know, enough of this, you know, bureaucratic shit. We really need to help you know, get this thing fixed or we're screwed. So, uh, yeah, oh, the, I, the score is so haunting. Oh, oh yeah. It's by the same, uh, woman that did <clears throat> the Joker. Like, uh, I've, I've listened to some of the score. I have not seen this, um, but it's on my list to watch. Like now that we've got the, uh, movies mostly out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, but I don't consider this like a, uh, it's a series, you know. It's not like a season of of television. It's kind of like like a mini series. Right? Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I classify it like as you know, like the, when it was on television or Salem's Lot and blah blah. blah. Almost like a long movie, an incredibly yeah. cinematic. It's it's definitely it's and it's done really really well. I gotta and, change my list now. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been shown like years later, like they went, they went down there and they've got like, what are those that read radio, like Geiger counters, I believe. Yep. 
and they go they go to the hospital where like you know the firefighters had to take off all their clothes and it's they're still in the same pile that was there like in 1986 and this this geiger counter up against these you know it's been there for over like over 30 years this geiger counter is going ape shit and it's still reading this these incredibly high levels of radiation and i think all the firefighters you know that went there to put out that fire they died with like in within two weeks i mean it was that radioactive but yeah very very informative very very scary and us, you know, and all the more scary because it's real and it really happened. My number ten, Chernobyl. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I need to check it out. Um, but what? Where is it? Show? What's HBO. It HBO. Okay. Yeah, HBO. So, Jason, what's your number ten? My number ten. I' gonna go with Starfish. Nice. So you started to tell me about this movie and instantly turned me off. So. Right. You no, know, it's not a movie for you. I don't. You you won't like it. It's <laughs> well, why? Because I said art house. Is that why? It's, it's, yeah. See. Ah. <laughs> uh, well. Here's the tag. Here's the 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 log line. A unique, intimate portrayal of a girl grieving for the loss of her best friend, which just happens to take place on the day the world ends. That is not too bad. Right. Yeah, I thought about this one when Andy was talking about the man who killed Hitler and then the Bigfoot, where it's uh, definitely like a character study. Absolutely. It's really on this one girl. It's her movie, and it follows this main girl around who's played by Virginia Gardner. She was in the Halloween remake. I didn't even put that together. I, I was like... You know, I didn't either till I was just looking it up a couple minutes ago. <laughs> I like she looked familiar, but I'm like, gosh, who the heck is this? Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a four like. Oh man, it's such a it's beautiful. It's the cinematography is amazing. It's the atmosphere. It's so artistic. It's uh. Oh, it's wonderful, and it's cool, and the overall message is really, I think, great. You know, it's I don't know, it's on it's on Hulu, and I freaking loved it, man. I watched this one last night. Well, and you're cooler than these other two guys. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I messaged I you. Uh, you did. I, and I questions, did. and we'll we'll talk about it off here because everything that I asked you about is like major spoilers, and yeah. uh, not that Mike's going to watch, but Andy might. Andy might enjoy it, or some of our viewers might want to watch it without having major plot points uh, ruined. So we'll talk about it, you know, without recording. But um, I thought it was some of the scenes and stuff were just so gorgeous and really well done and really cool, and I dug the tone. It's like when you told me about it, and you're like oh this is probably like something you'd really enjoy you're right like this is my kind of uh, <laughs> i was like you're the only one i know who <laughs> else in the world that would like this yeah oh and the score is so beautiful i instantly went yeah. out and got that and it's nikki an- watched it with me and she was like when we finished she's like man can we like 
have a palate cleanser or something that's not so damn sad. Like I'm sad <laughs> now. Yeah, and that's that's not a bad thing. Like it, when it when a movie like makes you have feelings regardless, you know, whether you're happy at the end or sad, like if it has an effect on you to me, that says something about it. Yeah, it is a melancholy movie for sure, but it's so beautiful and so well done and it's all written and directed by this one dude. It's never really done anything before, really. And it's wonderful. Starfish. On Hulu, my number 10. Woo! What makes it horror? Well, it's, it isn't. Okay, but it, it, it is. How do, oh, how do I... Her, uh, I, had, I had this at my like 11, uh, 10-ish 11 spot after watching it last night, but I was sort of questioning whether it was because it was so fresh and I really enjoyed it. But, and I, my, my main concern was that one, the horror element of it, like there, there are some monsters in it. Absolutely, sure okay. Some really big monsters, and um, we talked a little bit about it. I don't know if it's on just a bonus, or we talked about it earlier, but the uh, idea of um, real life stuff, being real life horror, like facing your own feelings, facing your own demons, um, dealing with real life tragedy. Some uh, real so, heavy tragedy in this, right? So yeah. you know that that to me is horrific. But know, there are literal own. monsters too. Yeah, big-ass, cool-ass monsters. Fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, so but that's all you're... Yeah. Whether it's in her mind or not, oh, this world of hers has monsters in it. Right. Fair enough. So, it's cool. A little too open for interpretation for me at times, because I'm like, am I confused? Or that's why I was asking <laughs> you questions over Messenger, because I'm like, yeah. am I... You know, am I a dummy? Like Nikki's asking me questions, and I'm like, I don't. I can't even bullshit and pretend I know what. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's again. That's why I like this movie. It's yeah. It's it's a twenty four qualities that I I know scares Mike away. And I mean, I'd love to. I already know what you'd say. So, I'm, but I'd love to hear what you think. Hey, I'm but. really looking forward to that new A twenty four Adam Sandler movie. Crazy, right? Adam Sandler. A24. Uh, Tad, what's your number 10? My number 10 is one that just entered my top 10 after looking back through the list and sort of, uh, it still sort of had some effect on me, residual effect after watching it maybe a few weeks ago. And it is a movie called The Perfection. Oh, yeah. Directed by Richard Shepard. Um, this one played, I think, at Fantastic Fest, and then Netflix saw, saw it there, snapped, snagged it up, and released it this summer. Um, this stars Allison <coughs> Williams from um, Get Out, and she sort of plays the lead, and uh, Stephen Weber plays a real creep in this one. Oh, nice. And he's very, I almost don't recognize him because he's aged quite a bit, but, you know, he's human. Uh, and they, they dress him up to look almost unrecognizable. Some great performances. This one's really cool. It made me think of, like, it, it's like a America's take on a foreign film, um, foreign revenge <laughs> film. Uh, basically about this musician who had to, she was playing at the top of level, like, at the top of the most prestigious, you know, music school of all time and um, under the most celebrated violinist in, of all time. Her mom gets sick. She has to take care of him. She comes back after her mom passes away and meets the new protege, who's much younger than her. They uh, hit it off right away. 
and um, then some really bad shit happens, and then some more bad shit happens, and there's a lot of fucking crazy twists, and it had me guessing. I, I oh, thought all the right way. When it's, yeah, right when shit start happening, I'm like, okay, like uh, I see where this is going, and I dig it, and then it like. Nope. completely took a 90 degree <laughs> turn I'm like alright we're going this way now uh-huh. and then another 90 degrees and I'm like where the fuck are we going uh-huh. now uh, and this is a Netflix movie like whoa hey uh, good for Netflix for, for picking this one up uh, I remember when it came out I saw Allison Williams doing the uh, press you know on late night shows and stuff and they were very secretive about the plot line yeah. um and for good reason, because I'm not going to say much any more yeah. than I've I've said as far as the story goes. Because you really need to just watch it and check it out. But this one has a lot of gross, gooey stuff. It has a lot of just wild, crazy, what the fuck moments. Um, oh, yeah. Well done, really cool, and uh, and cool score, cool yeah. cinematography, cool set design, everything about it. I dug it. Uh, good performances. Uh, yeah, the perfection, really cool. I watched it for a second time this weekend, and it just is so good. It's so freaking good. And Netflix, man. Mm. Yeah. Who would have thought? It's right there. Yeah. Netflix and don't chill, because you're not going to chill during this one. No, you are not. (laughs) You're in for a ride. Yeah, don't don't play this one if you're trying to Netflix and chill, because it's going (laughs) to turn turn your day around. She is going to get out of there. Yeah. Well, for me, my number 10, and this, the number 10 slot is probably the one slot for me that was like, um, do I pick this one? Do I put this one here? You know, so oh, I yeah. figured back and forth. And looking at my entire list now, I feel like 90% of my list is also going to be more personal. Like the scenario. I hope so. <laughs> well, I'm saying like. The scenario of watching the movie maybe comes into play, you know that kind of stuff. Um, you know, person, you know, a lot more more than the merits of the film itself. Maybe, maybe. If you look at my list, most of these are the ones that I saw in theaters. Also cool. So, and I've decided, I've learned now that I do enjoy a movie way, way more watching it in the theater than watching it um, home by myself on on TV. So. But uh, my number 10 is the Child's Play redo. Yeah! Um, I love the concept of what they did with Chucky, turning him into this evil AI doll instead of just like a possessed... Yes. Cool idea. Cool idea, because so much cool things to explore with that. The ability to control the apartment by turning the lights on and off, locking the doors, all that kind of stuff. Brilliant, brilliant concept from, in my opinion, the the age old joke of you know, hey, he's just a doll. Why not just kick him? So. Yeah, and and uh, on paper, when they announced this and sort of said what they were doing, everybody groaned and said, you know, what a awful idea. Are you kidding? Uh, this sucks. This is dumb. And it could have been very if it was in the wrong hands or done improperly. They they it's pretty risky. They could have been really bad. Yeah. But uh, I felt like they they took that and ran with it and made it believable, which is hard mm-hmm. to do. And uh, kudos to them. Yeah, very much so. Great cast. Um, Great cast. Just, 
Just don't let yeah. Alex Vincent know that you liked it. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I liked Mark Hamill doing the voice. He, he was, was great. great. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. The effects were good. So, yeah. So, I don't know. And Aubrey Plaza is fucking awesome. Always. In a serious, yeah. serious straight role. It was yeah. As great. a mom. How weird is that? It was cool. Yeah, she pulled it good. off pretty well, I thought. You, you yeah, think, me too. You'd think you wouldn't allow children to be within so many miles of Aubrey Plaza, but <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job as a mom. Everyone liked it? That's good. I, cool. I wish my friends had moms that look like that growing up. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so that's unified on... Wow, that's, that's awesome. Because cool. I've met yeah. some folks that really didn't like it. Well, actually, I have a surprise. Alex Vincent is on the, the phone. And, uh, uh, what do you think? Not unanimous. <laughs> but, of course, typically... <laughs> Short story time when Blake asked him about it at Halloween Palooza, it did not end well for Blake. Oh, um, so uh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> his one interaction with Alex Vincent, Blake is a very big Child's Play fan, and was just making small talk and asked him what he thought, and uh, he was like, "I don't want to talk about that or fucking Star Wars, so leave me alone." Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> What's Alex's Alex Vincent's beef with Star Wars? I don't know. I, he probably just gets a lot of nerds that want to talk about it. and <laughs> Or he had been warned about Blake because uh, apparently Blake and Brian, <laughs> wow. Brian O'Halloran talked for two hours yelling back and forth at each other from the front and back seat of Nikki's car uh, a few years ago. So oh, um, no. maybe maybe they know each other and was like, if you run into this Blake guy, don't talk Star Wars with him. <laughs> wow. Oh, Blake. Blake. Silly goose. Damn. That's All right. harsh. All right, so that's the number 10 slots. We are moving on to number 9. Niner. So number 999. Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, what is your number 9? My number 9 is Brightburn. Nice. Yeah. I just think it was a very, very unique story. Uh, you know, not that, you know, superhero origins are, you know, unique, but in this case it was because he's just a nasty little shit in this movie. Uh, just, uh, basically, you know, I'm kind of like within the same ilk of Lex Luthor, you know, the way, the way that he looks at Superman, He's just like, basically, we've got an alien that comes down with superhuman powers, and we're just supposed to trust him right off the bat, and and just assume that he's going to be a good guy. <coughs> no, not really. And in this case, you really can't trust this kid. Uh, but yeah, just the whole, though, know, I think, you know, when I said it, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, this could be like the Homelander's origin <laughs> story. From you know, from the boys, because I mean, he's just he's just that nasty of a kid. You know, he just he 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 starts to realize his abilities and just you know, it really questions you know uh, nature versus nurture in this case. And nurturing did not help this kid. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't have a happy ending. Uh, 
And yeah, I just I just thought it was this the story was so unique and when the gore moments do, you know, get there, I mean he like he like flies through a sheriff. I mean yes. he, and he hits and he fucking explodes. So I mean uh yeah, it's just it's on my list because it's it's the uniqueness of the story and uh yeah, and it just it takes place in a small town, just you know, out in the middle you know, it's a small town in Kansas. And yeah, I I dug it, and it's just I mean it it's pretty creepy, you know. It's uh, it's uh, basically it's like Children of the Corn only with like superpowers, and well, there's only one Child of the Corn, but uh, yeah, I, I dug it. Brightburn's my number nine. Brightburn is definitely showing up on my list later on. I yeah. love this movie a lot too, and I kind of went in probably already loving it because you know you hear the concept and i i heard a lot of other critics <laughs> that have complained about this movie you know being such a ripoff of the superman story and i'm like well yeah that's that's what makes it all that makes me want to want to see it you know just to i love the idea of like you know fuck it they don't care they're just gonna take the superman story and make origin and and make him evil instead, and I think and I think that was brilliant um, of an idea. Now they the critics would say like, but it didn't give us anything beyond that, and I disagree with that too. I felt like there was a lot, <clears throat> a lot going on in this movie. Um, yeah, and the gore was awesome, and just how scary it is to have that. Uh, that outrageous of a power level that you could just literally vaporize yeah and people. putting it in in the um maturity level of a child is that, that this is what would happen you know kids kids are uh it, it, they're nothing assholes. set them off yeah little thing they're hormonal they're little little nothing set them off like crazy so yeah absolutely it's a terrifying thing it's it's scarier to have a kid with that than uh an adult and i really really love this and i love the idea that James Gunn has used his success to keep producing things like this. You know what I mean? Like he he made one big Marvel movie and said, you know, I want to use this, use my power, my fame, my money to make things that should that probably would never have gotten made without this. Like this this shouldn't exist because most studios and uh, directors especially like marvel you know as much as i love the marvel films you know they're they're terrified of making something this nasty and mean and uh you know has a small budget and just gore and you know it's it's ugly uh but it's it that's what i love about it and it's it's great that he's using his resources to get that done because you know that it's a risk you know but uh I hope it's paying off for him, and I hope he keeps doing that. He's hiring his friends to, and you know, has there's a, there's a little spoiler towards the end that it connects to another universe, and that's really fucking cool. Yeah, um, there are I folks that want to see the flip side of the coin, you know, especially folks like us, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's what's cool. I feel again, like I feel like this movie is more than just putting a twist on the Superman origin. But it's. It, I feel like there's a lot of these modern day comic book movie tropes that this movie um, flips on, including what you just said, Tad. The whole little <clears throat> yeah, pre-credit or 
you know credit sequence uh, teaser of like a of a of an expanded universe with more evil versions of superheroes, including one from a pre-existing film. Right, which would just be so damn cool. Like, just do it, James Gunn. You 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 have the money. <laughs> Make it happen. <clears throat> Yet at the same time, somebody on the power level, and I'm going to spoil the. Uh, I'm going to spoil it here. But somebody on the power level of Brightburn, on the same evil supervillain team as, as Super, like what? What's he gonna do? <laughs> what's he gonna contribute? Right, he's, he's gonna on do the, the laundry. Spec- <laughs> yeah, he's on the other end of the spectrum where he's 100 percent human and and not yeah. even that good at being no, like not, a vigilante not, crime fighter. Yeah, not even good at being a human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. Jason, thoughts? Oh, I love it, too. It's definitely showing up on my list. It was great. And I, I'm i with you on the critics. They just need to get over it and enjoy it. It was awesome. Yeah. It was an awesome movie. And, and the mom was incredible. She's always great. I love her. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. That's Banks. it. Yeah, she's awesome. And I'm blanking who the father was. I like seriously can't even picture who the father was. He's on lots of things. Yeah. You guys' eyes burned out. You can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, I think like I saw, I did see some critics that were basically saying like, "This is basically like you know, if Superman went whatever," and it's like, "Yeah, but you know that DC is not going to make that movie, you know." So uh, <laughs> I'm glad somebody did. Somebody had the balls to do it, you know. So it's like James Gunn is done so much for the anti-hero i love it this and and super and uh even to an extent he took what could have been a very tired you know marvel cinematic universe and injected a nice shot into it which ended up sort of uh inspiring with guardians of galaxy and then we got to see ragnarok and you know it's really made ant-man like they you know they took a risk with him and and he really made something different and that sort of influenced that whole universe and yeah you know all hail james gunn so i can't even though he didn't direct this he he made it possible oh yeah but it still feels like one of his films though right yeah uh, 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 one of his outside of hollywood films you know it does you know it does it does i feel like share some some of the same tones as like super or oh, Sli- absolutely or slither and yeah it it feels like there's definitely a James Gunn stamp on on the film. So it shares a lot of the actors. I mean Elizabeth Banks, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. Rooker, and yeah. I gotta Rooker. say, my my favorite part of this film, and I'm and I'm spoiling, but uh, when the guy's like trying to start his truck, and he sees like his nep, well, the nephew like hovering in the air, and he's just like, nope, nope, <laughs> yep, yeah. nope. It's that guy that plays Badger on Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> I want to see him in more stuff. He's so good. Yeah, it was it was a pretty low budget film too, and they did a really good job of using what money they had. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I love when, really good when you have stories like that. <clears throat> it was so low budget that, you know, it didn't take much for it to be a success. For so good for them. You know what I mean? Like if I I wish I had I don't need billions of dollars. I just wish I had enough to like help produce things like this because low low budget, you know, it doesn't need to make much. It's just cool that you know you you can they're doing this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a little movies that can. It looks like a big movie, but it's uh 
it's not. It's simple. It's a very simple movie. It's cool as hell. Yep. Jason, what's your number nine? Number nine. The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. Nice. That's two character studies in a row for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's just the kind of movies I like. I remember watching this early in the year, and it was just... I I loved it. First of all, Sam Elliott deserves to be the lead in a movie. Mm -hmm. How awesome is that? And a nice little indie film. The concept is great. I mean, the title definitely makes me want to watch it. (laughs) So... <clears throat> and then there's some other great stars in there, Sam or uh, Aiden Turner and Ron Livingston and Larry yep. Miller and Yeah, Ron Livingston, fellow uh, Iowan. That's right. right. That's our boy. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yep. Nice. Is this was this Andy's 10 or was this his 11? This was This was my 11. 11. Oh, wait, that's a spoiler. Because that's after this. Yeah. But that. But if you want to hear us talk more in depth about this, that's become true. a Patreon supporter and uh, listen to our half-hour rant on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, this old guy, he gets hired by the government to help because he might have been the one who killed Hitler. Have to track down this thing that's Bigfoot to so save, what were save they- the world. What was the, uh, they, they said that Bigfoot was like a threat to like humanity or something? There was something bigger Yeah, they, than... they thought that he uh, in, was infected with a deadly disease. Yeah, like okay. Plague. Like the plague. Yeah, plague type stuff. That if, that if he got out, then he could end up destroying the world. So they needed to send him in and make sure that he got nipped in the bud. There's only one guy with this kind of mission. And the the beautiful thing is, I mean, he, like, once he thinks, you know, Sam Elliott's character thinks that he has uh, Bigfoot right where he's wanted, he's got him wounded, he actually has a heart-to-heart with this, you know, beast. And he's just like, I didn't even want it to end like this, you know? It's just like, I mean, it's just like, wow, you know? It's just like, where you're actually, you know, even though this, this whole scene just seems absurd you're actually you know it's pulling at your heartstrings just this whole and it's just it's just so odd i was just like i didn't expect myself to feel this way about this movie i mean it's just yeah. it's it's really damn good it's really damn good and if you question its horrorness there's definitely scenes at the end that get pretty yeah. fucking gory and bloody and badass Fighting this Bigfoot, and I and I of course will just love when you take a subject that should not even ever be made <laughs> and turn it into play it serious and uh-huh. you know it, and it worked and it's great and uh, you know it's just wild that we live in a cool time where something like this can get made and made well. Yeah. When does the movie take place? Is this like shortly after World War Two, or I want to say like early eighties? Oh wow! Yeah, so it's years and years after World War Two, <clears throat> and he's an old man now. He was a young man, obviously. Obviously, 
because I think he's driving like a like a Ford LTD, like a '78 or something like that. Just this big old sedan, but it's like, yeah, really well cared for and stuff like that. Nice. Okay. Why'd you stay away from this one, Mike? Why did I? Why? Why didn't you watch it? I don't know. I started to, and I didn't get very far. I didn't give it too much of a chance, and I just got sidetracked. So I'll give it a chance one of these days. There's too many shiny things around the house. Try it. (laughs) It never came to the theater. That's it. I got it. Tad, what's your number nine? Oh, I, I, I love this movie. I sort of was on the hinge of putting it on just because I I feel bad when I put things on my list that <laughs> others haven't seen yet because so, yeah. I feel like it's a one-person conversation, but I couldn't not put it on my list because I really I think you guys will enjoy the hell out of it because uh, you're going to have to watch it. And it is A24's In Fabric. In Fabric. I knew it was going to be it. I almost rented see- it last night. I just couldn't yeah. stay up any longer and I know this it's going to be on everyone's list. Yeah, write it, written and directed by Peter Strickland, who I was not on my radar. Um, I was listening to, I, I think I was listening to Shockwaves, they talked a bit about it, and I learned new stuff listening to their podcast. And uh, there was, I think this has been playing festivals for almost a couple of years, and it's finally, you know, hitting. And I can sort of get it because this is a weird one for sure. Yeah. Um, in short, it's about a killer dress. But it looks so oh, Italian, okay. Italian drenched style. Yes, it feels like uh, Dario Argento, like yeah, in his prime, directed a modern movie about a killer dress, and it's Gonzo. But the the score is gorgeous. All oh. the actresses in the movie look like they were pulled straight out of Giallo movies. Um, the the it's sort of cool. Like I didn't, I did not expect the idea. I, I will like I'm gonna be careful with spoilers because you guys will definitely want to see this one. Um, but the story surprised me because from the trailer, it sort of seemed like we had this main sort of small cast and it would follow them. But um, it sort of not quite an anthology, but the, it follows the dress is sort of the main character and it follows its journey through A few several characters. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Neat. Okay. Which is, yeah. Which is a cool concept. Um, the idea that this dress, no matter what you do and what happens to it, it stays intact. Like, um, it's it kind of like a, clown. In a way, it's sort of not quite. It's it's played. Um, oh man, like it's <laughs> it's hard to even explain. It's definitely an artsy movie because it's done by A twenty four, but it's not it's not a slow art house movie by any means. Um, it's almost. Oh man, I guess I, I would say I I don't even want to compare it to this. Because, uh, but it's it's pretty much it's pretty well aware of what it is. It plays it straight, though. There's not humor to it, but it takes a stupid concept and um, plays it serious and straight. Plays it clear, serious and straight, and like like gorge, like it's done well. Like the cinematography, the coloring is gorgeous. The performances are all great. Like so cool. Uh, set set in like a during a busy winter in a department store and uh, follows the, follows the cursed dress as it passes person to person. <laughs> and um, like when you hear me talk about it, you're like, okay, that's fucking stupid. But um, I mean, <laughs> there's also, I mean, if anybody can do it, like, you know, I, 
it, you see A24 and you just sort of know, like, they're going to do... They wouldn't pick this up unless it was good. And they took a movie about a farting corpse played by Harry Potter. And <laughs> yeah. it's like my favorite movie of the decade. You know? <laughs> uh, this yeah. one is just so damn cool. Like, I was looking forward to it and it, and it finally hit uh, streaming last week and I had to watch it right when it went, like the night it went on streaming. I think I watched the uh, regular cut. There's a there's an unrated version out too, but it's only like a minute longer, so I don't know the difference. Um, this isn't full of gore or anything like crazy, but it's just drenched in colors and style. That's why it makes me think of yeah, style. That makes me think of the Italian movies because the the, the music, um, the color oh. palettes, the everything. They, and like I said, the actresses that work at the department store, um, they all work under their boss, who's this really creepy. He's skeezy sort of old dude that looks like he would be wearing um, black leather gloves and you know stabbing beautiful women. Um, very clearly inspired by you know Argento and that kind of stuff, but cool as hell, man. Like this is really, really cool. What a what a like I said, what a weird world we live in where you can make a killer dress movie, an art house film, and it's it's well done. So I am upset that I didn't get didn't get to this one. I totally forgot about it. I remember seeing the trailer a few months back and you know, as soon as you started describing it, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember this trailer and same thing. I thought it felt very Argento-ish, very Italian, very stylized and the concept oh I was sold and like now I'm even more sold, so I I'm definitely yeah. this is one I'm definitely gonna go back and watch now. I watched that trailer maybe twenty times. It's so good. And it did I hear mm. right? They said it might be coming to Shutter. I that, think maybe, yeah. I think I you that? might be right. Okay. Yeah. What's it? Cool. What's it streaming on right now? Um, uh, you can just like rent it, like rent it from Amazon and uh, iTunes and stuff. And yeah. Okay. It's not streaming free anywhere yet, but you can yeah. rent it. It's six ninety nine on Amazon as of last night. Yeah. But it's out. Oh man, I can't wait. One of the strange or, or rare instances where A24 put something, they put it in theaters, I think on December 6th limited, and then a week later put it to streaming, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so my number nine, and uh, I've got a few movies on here. It's <laughs> like, do they belong? That's two in a row you've grunted at. When and, you, they, you but are, is it? Is it a horror movie? I don't know. It was on the fucking list, so I'm going to say yeah. Um, but uh, my number nine is Glass. Ooh. Hell yeah, M. Night, man. I, Fuck yeah. I Fuck loved yeah. this movie way better than Jason, because I'm a bigger M. Night fan. That is not true at all. Um, I love Unbreakable, and I loved Split, and so... How could it this, not? This combo... Yeah, well, yeah, how could it not? One plus it, one equals two. It's it twice gone, as good. It could have gone wrong, and it I think there's a lot of people out there that feel like yeah, it did. I think there are. But um, but I don't care, because um, it delivered for me. Yeah. I got to see both those characters side by side and on screen. Um, I got to see a, a fight. I saw some very interesting techniques in showing a fight scene. Like I like, One of my favorite moments of the fight scene there in the parking lot is when we're not seeing what's going on in the parking lot. We're watching people getting tossed around inside the van as body as bodies are being thrown against the van. And I thought that was cool. It's like we're not actually seeing the punches being thrown. We're just seeing 
like the massive force of, <coughs> you know causing what these poor wimpy little humans to be tossed around inside this van you know um <clears throat> I, I don't i just don't know if people thought it was going to be something more epic but it's m night i didn't expect any like big you know you know the infinity gauntlet to show up or anything like that you know <laughs> i'm i am i'm more than happy with the fact that the the this big this big epic combination of of m night movies doesn't get anywhere further than the parking lot i i i thought yeah. it was cool that it it was it ended up being on such a small scale but at the end of it really wasn't on a small scale cuz mr glass you know still you know, one, in my opinion, you know, he was, you know, because I had that moment, too, of, like, okay, Mr. Glass is supposed to be the smartest guy in the world, and, like, his plan just goes to poop instantly, but, no, his his plan succeeded, and so, yeah, I don't know, I don't care what any of you say, I love it, my number nine is Glass. Oh, I heard Ted groan though. I heard him groan I'm, too. No, I'm glad. I'm I. I hate. I, I've groaned because I don't want to be the guy that's like. We've been on a roll, like like on this show where, you know, we've all agreed on a lot of stuff. Um, the, and I did not hate this one. I want to be clear, like that the critics yeah. that just threw it away right away. I think expectation played a lot into my um, dislike guess, yeah. for it. Because I loved Split so much, that one was so great, and I want maybe going into it after seeing that, I I I just want more of that character. So um, yeah, it it was I'm sure very hard to try to get these three bigger than life characters into one movie. I mean, obviously you have Marvel doing well all their Avengers movies and stuff, but like this is you know such unique characters and trying to get them all all into this movie it didn't uh, and maybe it felt like um bruce of now i wish it would have been made when bruce gave a shit uh <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's it's, true sure sure felt like he still does like i was hoping this would break that routine of him phoning stuff in and i felt like he was maybe slightly more awake but still asleep at the wheel but um, I really did like the parts, you know, with uh, Sam Jackson and and Ewan. Uh, that's who, right? Am I right? James Ewan. McAvoy. Or, or yeah, James McAvoy. Um, they, you know, they were fantastic, and I, I won't let uh, him ruin the movie for me. But I maybe I I just had different expectations going into it, and I'd like to sit down and watch it again without those now feeling that I didn't love it. If I watched it now, I think I would probably like it a little bit more, you know, without those preconceived notions in my head of what I want out of it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. All right. Let's move on to number eight. Cool. Uh, Andy, what do you got for your number eight? My number eight, and since I... uh I love me some slasher stuff. Um, my number eight is Haunt. Yeah. Um, I feel like if the Funhouse Massacre uh, hadn't have changed tones, 
I figured this is this is what I uh, this is what they would have got out of it. I mean, this is to me this is uh, the the makeup and the special effects of this were really really good. I mean, I'll uh, claw hammers kind of freak me out now. Um, I don't <laughs> want anyone. I mean, the the stuff that he did with like you know put it in the dude's jaw. I'm like, oh my oh, god, yeah, oh my Fuck god. That. And plus, you know, it's like they they when they when they go into this place and they see like this girl like you know getting murdered and they think it's part of the act. I'm just like, oh shit! You know that this like like from the get go, like okay, they're actually witnessing a girl getting murdered and they're not buying you know into it in the beginning. And um, of course, you know that then they got the one guy that's like leading them on, you know, thinking that he's just like, oh, I just work here, you know, blah blah blah, and just, uh, yeah, dude, I really, I really dug this movie. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I thought it was, um, uh, you know, really, really well done, and yeah, I mean, that's yeah. all I got. I mean, there's not much I can say about it. I just like, a, I think it's really, really good, and just. Uh, for for what it is, uh, it's a good time. I think the only thing that's keeping this off my list is that I am a little afraid that I love this movie so much because, and maybe that's a dumb it's a dumb reason. Um, where Mike was saying like some of his stuff was personal, like as someone who who absolutely is addicted to like haunted houses you know we we fly to orlando every year for halloween horror nights like this was almost right up my alley and then we got to see it with the uh, writers and directors um you know who jason and mike both know uh all that played into it and i what i feel like maybe my my over enthusiastic love for it might have some that might play a role in it so i didn't want to I don't know. That's like I said. It might be a dumb reason to be like, well, maybe I love it more because of all these things. Where it's not necessarily one of my, f- it's not a, not so much a merit on the movie, but the experience of seeing it and what it, what it plays, what plays into it. Maybe I don't know. Does that make any sense? You don't want to come across as biased, right? Yeah, and I know that I have a bias towards this. Like it was set up <laughs> as if it was like all the every the perfect storm played together to make me love this movie and it is fantastic i love it mm-hmm. um but i feel like including my top 10 would be because of those my experience seeing it which you know if we had a top 10 experiences of the year it would be right up there at the top because it was a, a, fun, it was a night. fun night yeah and it was really cool to see my one thing about the movie i didn't love and we discussed this um with i discussed it with mike and jason after we saw it was when the characters are sort of revealed under the masks uh, to have like tattoos and spikes and whatever like that they were actual like freaks i sort of felt like sometimes less is more and i would have just the mystery of not knowing who was under them would have been even creepier or if we would have they would have been removed and they were just normal people that were fucking fucking people up maybe is even scarier uh well, hell, I mean, they didn't need the masks. I mean, right. what's the point of the mask? <laughs> if, if they're that fucking off-putting to begin with, what are you wearing a mask for, man? I mean, just <laughs> just use what you got, you know, naturally. Yeah, and, and that didn't work for me, but I mean, when we talked about this with Mike and Jason, they disagreed with me. So, Jason, what did you, you know, I want to hear. <laughs> you're, I'm just you're trying to the, remember. You, you were sort of saying, like, you know, uh, 
that you didn't necessarily agree with that because you know some like it ramped it up when you took. I think I remember you saying something like when they took off the mask and they were even scarier under the mask. That's like a twist on its own. Oh yeah, very not normal thing to expect to happen. I thought it was cool that that be, their fate, their faces under the masks were the way they were because they they earned those by being bad people. Mm. And and so when you saw those faces, you're just like, oh, those guys are bad. They've done some bad things, and and I, yeah, I liked it because it. What I mean, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying, Tad. Because normally less is more for sure, and and they were so great, we didn't need necessarily to see what was under them because they were so good. The, they were such characters, even with the masks on. But I just, yeah, I just thought it was a, it added an extra a layer there that we t- totally don't normally get, and and it wasn't just some guy. It was. I don't know. It was cool to see that. I don't know. Like either, last last either. year, we had Hellfest, and I felt like this took that concept and and did it so much better. Like when yeah. I saw the trailer, I was like, uh, yep. like we had this last year, and I, you know, I love these guys, and I was sort of hoping for something unique, and then I watched. It, I'm like, oh, it's not outside of the haunted house concept. It is very different. Yeah, and it was clearly set in the Midwest, and you know we all love going to haunted houses, and it really just felt so much like October, and just yep. the vibe of the whole movie was so awesome. It just and it and it was and it <clears throat> it like the ramping up never stopped. It like just kept getting crazier and crazier and crazier. And it was it's a so hell tight. of a ride. Like- yeah. They didn't. They didn't waste a second of film, which I, I truly appreciate. Um, there's no yeah. filler. There's you know uh-huh. from the opening to the opening scene. I loved you know right when we we get introduced to these characters. I thought, oh, we're getting right into it. No no fat on this movie, which I truly yeah. appreciate. Yep, I agree. All right. Well, maybe we should move on. That's who's next. Me number eight. Oh my gosh, guys, I. I don't even, I'm embarrassed to say what my number eight is. I can't even believe I actually put it on my list. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> There's still time to say it before you say it out loud to uh, change it. You know? No, but I... I this, you shouldn't be embarrassed. Well, uh, once I say it, you'll know why. But, like, I just, I, I found myself just thinking about this movie a lot. And, like, so much so that it earned itself a spot on my list. I, I talked more about this movie than probably the other ones. I don't know. It, I just can't believe it ended up on my list because it had everything working against it. And the movie is The Fanatic. Yeah, I know. Okay. I, no, can't, no. I can't believe uh, it. Don't be embarrassed, man. Like, uh, I, before you, uh, like I'll let you get into it. I just will say that... <laughs> going into it i was hoping to watch it like as a room like the room like uh-huh. an experience where ex- it's gonna be like that this is gonna suck so bad i'm gonna have a blast yep and i was almost mad about how much i enjoyed it i know same completely the same because you see any footage and you see john travolta's haircut and acting you're like oh my god they there is something this i can't believe this got made and then with right. the fred durst writing and directing 
you're like, this has all the ingredients of the room right. times 10. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, just no, no way this can succeed. Good. Yeah. And I had, I enjoyed it. I had, oh, yeah. I couldn't believe De- it. Devin Sawa was awesome Devin in Devin Sawa was awesome. So great to see him acting again, even if he was kind of a dick. But he was good. He was so great. He was a good it. dick, yeah. He was. I'm going to cut out that clip of audio just yeah. so you can. He was a good dick. But John Devin Tra- Sawa was a good dick. But John, <laughs> but John Travolta as Moose. Okay, so I'll just read the thing real fast. A rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life. He's just... I don't know if you guys seen the trailers or... or uh, it's just crazy. It, he, John Travolta plays a... Plays us. He plays us, but he's clearly mentally disabled. Right. It's the nice way to put it. He's clearly got problems. He's on the spectrum. So. Definitely, definitely on the spectrum. Which, you know, right there, you're like, he's a he's a not on a spectrum guy playing on a spectrum guy, and that could be incredibly offensive. And I'm sure it upset a lot of people. But he was, but Billy Bob Thornton did it. I know, and this, this I was, I, I quite enjoyed John Travolta's performance. He's he has. I couldn't the believe chops, it, man. When you bring it out of him, like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, I've always liked him, but me too. Yeah, I just I couldn't believe how great. He, and and yes, of course, the character he's playing is us, super fans of a movies. He just he couldn't control himself, you know. He just he just too excited, and too. I don't know. I and and Fred Durst. What the hell? I couldn't believe it. He could not resist, though, throwing in a fucking Limp Bizkit movie. Oh, I know. Like, I, I really wish that one scene did not exist. It would have made it like that. It really would have made it better. Yeah. To have just, any other song in there. Yeah, anything. Just just anything. ignore it. Like Resist that urge, buddy. Yep. You, you did well. Just, you know, you just had to do it, though. You just had to be Fred Durst for that fucking yeah. 20 seconds. He was Fred Durst. He, he Dursted it real bad right there. Yeah. But. But otherwise, gosh dang, man, I really, really had fun with this movie that I... And maybe it's because I... The the bar was so low. The bar was in. so low, and I expected such a different uh, trash fire, and, I, and it ended up being pretty good. I was just, maybe, yeah, it was shocking. I couldn't believe it. Where's when this he walked at? in yeah. the room, and he was wearing that like Universal Monsters button-up shirt, and I'm like... Where did he get that? Oh no, I cannot like be wondering where Moose shops. You did though. You totally did. Yeah, and it's like, his it, best shirt too. It's his it, best. It, There's only best one shirt. like it. There's only one of a kind. It's one of a kind. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I like this movie. It just <laughs> blows my mind, and it's it's free on Prime, so anyone can check it out. It's like oh. I said, I'm. It's somewhat embarrassing, but. No man, don't apologize. It's I just can't believe it. Yep, Mike D- just made that face. He's back. The fanatic. It's a movie about you, Mike. You should probably watch it. And it's horror. Oh, it yeah. is. It is oh, for sure. Goes into it towards in the in the uh, last 
part, the very end, oh my is hundred percent horror. And then the way it fucking goes at the end, you're just like, wow, they really fucking went for it. I didn't yep. expect it to be that not normal. <laughs> it was woo. Who in the world would have thought that ah. Glenn Danzig and Fred Durst would both put out horror movies, and um, Fred Durst. the one that's that's <laughs> laughably bad would be Glenn Danzig. Well, uh, that's not that big of a surprise, but who would have thought Fred Durst would have outdirected? Oh, I can't! <laughs> I would have lost the farm on that bet. I right, just yeah. Oh, it was supposed to be the room, and then it turned out to be pretty darn good. Yeah, couldn't believe it. The fanatic, mm. that's mine. Nice, crazy. Mike, what's your eight? What's my eight? Yeah. Oh, I think we skipped Ted. Yeah, I was going to say Ted. What's yours? I was okay. excited to see you. Mine is Jordan Peele's Us. Ooh. Yeah, I I really like this one. Um, I had high expectations going into it because of Get Out, which I think was right near the top of my list last year. It wasn't the top, but it was right up there. Yep. Um, or maybe it was two years ago. I don't remember, but uh, this one is cool as hell. Like uh, now, I'm looking at my list with In Fabric and Us next to each other. People wearing like you know red clothing, and uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, do I have like a thing? But uh, this one was, you know, oh, you it, it was it was really. I thought it was really cool. A lot of people had issues. They a lot of people uh, criticized this one a lot more than Get Out. I think. You know, he set such a high bar with his debut, and that came out of nowhere. It's like sophomore slump. It's really you have your whole life to make your first movie, and uh, then you have what a year to make your second one and live up to the first one. It's really hard. Um, and yeah, because that's the bad thing, right? Especially right. with Pranax, um, <laughs> is that he had nowhere to go but down. Right, and I, but I really liked it. Um, I saw it in theaters. I thought, holy shit, Jordan Peele used uh, Tim Heidecker in a movie, and he was awesome. And uh, the performances were fantastic <laughs> right. of the tethered people. That was oh, yeah. that was creepy as hell, really cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Love the score, love the music. Yep. The idea of it's creepy as hell, just visually. This one, I don't really have to go too much in depth into it. I just, when I saw it, I'm like, that was cool. You know, like if you think too much about it, you start finding a lot of holes in the story. You have a lot of questions about it, how it works. Um, clearly, he had a much bigger budget for this one with the success of Get Out, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I feel I, I saw a lot of people sort of saying like, you know, he used a lot more money to do a lot less of a movie. Um, <laughs> I think that's a unfair criticism, yeah, but very unfair. It, but um, good for him. Good for Jordan for doing original stuff. When yeah. you know, you, when you have something that big, and you are basically given the keys to do whatever the hell you want, and you go out and make a stylish horror movie about you know doppelgangers <laughs> going after their them, versions of themselves. The scenes in the uh, neighbor's house with the oh, uh, NWA and all that stuff. That, that's yeah. so so damn cool. And the, the twins and all that. That whole sequence is dope as hell um yeah man i i mean ever the theme to last year in horror in general is that uh that horrorized version of i got five on it that doop, 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 that you know it sticks in my mind it's like spinning my the entire every time i see us i think of that so yeah yeah feel keep doing good things man oh yeah I'm- 
Totally a big Jordan Peele fan. Yeah, thanks to both of these movies. I loved this movie. I, I'm with you, though, with, uh, um, you know, if you think too hard on it, you could easily poke holes in it. Um, I was going through that while watching it and just had to suspend a lot of disbelief. Right. Um, I just part of me is like, I just wish you went for like more of a supernatural angle than like you know that, that they, was, the pe- that these people actually live underneath us. That would be absolutely impossible. Yeah, that their that their life trajectory is exactly the same as ours. Yet it right. was some kind of medical experiment or whatever, whatever it yeah. was. It should have been like a supernatural thing, kind of like um, the upside down in in, um, in Stranger Things, or just right. this other plane of existence that's parallel a parallel universe. To, anyway, whatever. But it doesn't matter because the movie's yeah. still awesome, really atmospheric, some cool. Are you supposed to take it absolutely literally for what it's you know? Like- well. They play it pretty straight, like, you know, that yeah. they go down and they're actually underneath us this entire time and they're linking hands across the world and yeah. playing Red But it Rover, still feels Rover. very metaphorical and allegorical. Well, and you get that a lot with all, everything that he's doing, right? Yeah. And that's and, what I love about Jordan Peele is, like, he's got a voice and he's making big swings and he's trying, sh- he's, he's an author, I, you know, like... And that maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't love it. That's why it's at you know eight instead of uh, like in the top five because I and maybe it's because I'm a fucking idiot. But um, <laughs> I well I feel like Get Out. It was very clear what he was trying to say. It was right in your face. No uh, you know beating around the bush. No hidden meanings. You know uh, it's social commentary. Right slapped you right in the face. Where this one, it's a little more hidden yeah. and a little deeper and you have to think about it a little bit more and like i said maybe it's because i'm a fucking idiot and I, i'm like you know he had a lot more to say it felt like he had a lot more to say with his his first movie um but maybe i'm just missing the uh subtext here but um that's okay not everything has to be yeah. right in your face political either but um no and i'm glad it's not too I, you know yeah i i dug this movie but i just i got a problem with the the ending, the you know the the That's sort my of favorite part. <laughs> it's, it's With the like, switcheroo, I, yeah, I just like I. It's sort of that ha ha ha. Bruce Willis is a ghost sort of ending that you know. What? Okay, that works. Wait, what? In Die Hard, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Andy. Yeah. Well, Spoiler. you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just like it's the old six sense. Yeah, man. Oh, it's the old uh, oh, yeah. may- maybe it's even more um, on par with um, uh, Friday Thirteenth: A New Beginning, where it's like Roy, you know, at the end, and you're like, um, that's not necessarily a good twist. It's just like uh, bad storytelling on your end. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that's a weird way Mike's to go about to it. Mike's trying to consider any Friday Thirteenth having a bad story. Well, what I'm what I'm saying is that like when when it's revealed at the end, when the first time you right. watch in the beginning, it's revealed that it's Roy, and they show the face, yes. and you go, "Who is that guy?" And they okay. go, "Oh, it's that ambulance driver you saw for twelve seconds earlier." And it's like, "No, well, no wonder I didn't find out the twist because you did such a shitty job of telling the story." But um, mm. I don't necessarily think that's linking it to us. And now I'm just rambling. Well, but um, no, no, it's it's just like you know I. I, I guess I would have liked it a little bit better if it was just more straightforward. It's just like 
to me with that 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 twist at the end it's just like okay i'm look how smart i am look at look how look how cute i can be yeah i i i don't know i'm i don't i don't hate it but i'm not in love with it either um i mean well, I, I really like you're the only human i know that didn't like get out I, that's like always stuck in my mind so oh yeah well I, yeah i didn't like it huh. no no that's i mean it was it was great until i saw a teacup because apparently this kid is so weak-willed every time silverware clangs he goes into a trance so You've clearly yeah. never been hypnotized come on andy <laughs> yeah apparently he can't bust a table or you know uh you know, stir iced tea. Yeah, he's look what yeah. I did. Look what you did, Tad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have anything nice. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't like get out. Did you like us better? I did like us better. Good, I'm glad. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not like you. I hate Jordan Peele. Uh, no, it, that's not not the case. I mean, I will give. You know. I, I will sit through anything once, you know. I sat through fucking Clowntergeist. I think I can handle us. <laughs> right. I can't believe you just put Clowntergeist in us. I know. Like, What's happening? Set. Let's move on. This to podcast is off the rails. <laughs> Mike, what's your number eight? Well, I, I still want to talk, talk about one more thing with us. Jason? What? Um, can, can you explain? Oh, God. I'm not that smart either. <laughs> the social commentary in this? Because I think I'm confused. I thought I remembered it until just now and I actually stopped and thought. It's like, wait, I, I don't know if I do get it. And it kind of also goes back to Andy not liking the ending. And what I what I think I miss what I misinterpret the social commentary to be. But do you have an idea? Oh, God. Well, oh, if you no. don't, that's fine. I just thought maybe you might. I I think it's there for sure. I think if you looked, did some research and looked, there are much smarter right. people would be able to clearly, uh, eloquently say it better. But the only thing I, one of the thoughts that I had on the social commentary side, and I think, and I'm pretty sure I'm wrong because I wouldn't think this would be his message, but with that ending the way it is. It leads to believe that um, that uh, it's it's um, that your environment your environment does dictate who you turn out to be, which yeah. which I would think would be the total opposite of what he would want to be his message to be, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Or I'm getting, I'm skating a thin, it's thin, thin ice right now. Thin ice. All right. We're Fine. all just quiet. Like oh, just... it's better not to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I just didn't like the fact that they were eating all those rabbits because I used to raise rabbits when oh, I was a kid. Oh, so. that's what it is. Anyway, so okay, fine. My number eight. My number eight um, is it chapter two. Hot damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. and kind of shocked at first when I did the list, and then I'm like, "Whoa, I put it so low," because I thought this was great. Yeah, I love, really, really, really loved chapter two. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about I it. Loved it. Yeah. 
I thought it was even better than the first one. <laughs> you're just trying I, to, you're just trying to say shit. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't like the first one. Oh. And I like it. this one slightly more. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I like the first one better. This one's great. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that, you know, I uh Bill Hader's uh performance was was really good. Oh yeah, he's the man. And the, I love I love some of that subtlety stuff too. It's you know, I know we talked about it when we talked about the movie on a previous episode, but just how, you know, the whole you know, that he's that he's gay and you know, he was in love with his friend and the one that died or whatever. You know, and they don't come Eddie. right out and say it. Yeah. But you figure it out. I don't know. It's just to me, both of these movies gave me everything I felt that the TV series, the TV miniseries, didn't. Like I said it from the moment they announced that they were doing these theatrical it movies, that it's like now this is a a remake that I can get behind because as as much as I do enjoy the original, um, it was held back by the fact that it was you know. Low budget. It was TV money. Made for TV, right? Yeah, made for yeah. TV. So you know, you know, you're not going to get half of half of what you know, graphic wise, that you can get from um, from you know an R-rated film. You know, this is commercial television, even so, it's going to be neutered to, to heck. So, and I felt like both these movies really delivered for me on that aspect. So. This one uh, felt really, really long for me. Uh, I didn't. You guys did a whole episode on this with the movie defenders, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was unfortunately unable to join, so I didn't get my two cents in. So here it is. No, um, <laughs> I, I didn't love it, but I don't want to just like sit and shit on it because there was a lot of stuff I really did like about it. Uh, I was very clearly not an advocate for the first movie, and uh, I gave this one a chance because I. Saw parts in the first one I liked, and you know I've already seen the first chapter. How could you not see the second chapter? Right. I like this well, one better. Um, it felt a little dragged out, a little too long for me. Um, the pacing felt really weird, but overall, I thought Bill Hader was awesome. Um, Je- is it Jessica Chastain? Right? She yep. was awesome. Yep. They they both gave great performances. Um, Skarsgård is is creepy as hell, even oh. if I don't necessarily like the idea of making Pennywise sort of terrifying from the get-go. Because uh, to me, it's like, there's scenes, isn't there, there's like a scene where he's under the bleachers and the girl, little girl goes and approaches him. I yeah. feel like even when he's smiling and not with things coming out of his head or neck or his <laughs> eye wandering off, there's no fucking way any kid is going to walk up to a clown that looks <laughs> No way. Like, he looks like, you know, Hot Topic clown from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> where at least with the Tommy Lee Wallace one, he looks like a clown until he turns evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, this one, and the, and I don't, I am going into this from someone who's never read the the book, um, or I, I, I think I started reading it when I was in like middle school, never finished it. And if I, even if I did, I would, I don't remember enough of it to, uh, 
but the opening scene where he where the gay couple gets the shit beat out of him and that just like bummed me out right from the get-go you know yeah. um, and and that's not that's probably if that's in the book and they're you know it's like i i, I saw a lot of people criticizing criticizing it for its uh, anti-lgbt thing and that's not at all what i'm going after if it's in the book and you know but it, it didn't seem to serve a purpose for me so i don't know but it really it had some really cool moments in it um and like i said i absolutely loved the the chemistry between the cast it was really cool how you could even if you just took a still picture of them sitting at that dinner when they they meet back up you could tell which member like which person was playing the adult version yeah. of which kid without even saying yeah. a word like they did such a good job of casting and it's just it was such a such a cool concept like that they could do that um i liked i was reading about how they de-aged the kids because kids grow so fast they had to make it look like they're you know uh sort of like what they did with the irishman and they uh de-aged the kids so that they looked like they did like two years ago when they shot the first one and it's crazy but uh i don't know yeah, what's crazy wondering. is I didn't see any of that. In, me, me neither. While like, watching the movie, when we, we, when we were my on, mind. when we were on uh, Movie Defenders, that's the first Scott Jason and I you learned about, about that at like, all. What? Yeah, had no idea. Yeah, that was news to me. Crazy. I so I thought it was an amazing job of de aging. Yeah. I was convinced I, I they thought, shot the footage. Yeah. yeah, I thought for sure they shot <laughs> it just back to back with the first movie. Yeah, all the kid stuff. So maybe we should all read less about stuff before we watch it. <laughs> yeah, you know, just so we don't see those things. I don't know. It makes you wonder, though, doesn't it? Like if yep. these people that, oh, that looks so bad. You know, the the de aging. If they didn't know about it before going into that's, it, if they would have freaking. That's what I thought about Scott when we were doing that episode. I'm like, because he had talked about reading about it before he went and saw it, and I'm like, I don't know if he would have saw it. Yeah. You know, like that made you see it. it yeah. You had to, there was no not seeing it because you knew. Mm-hmm. And and that that's a whole different, yeah. uh, this anyway. is a whole different yeah. podcast because it's like, <laughs> we we watch movies so differently now. Yeah. We know everything about a movie before we go see it now. True. And, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying my damnedest to, to stop that now. I haven't seen, uh-huh. outside of the first initial like teaser Star Wars trailer, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. And I'm new on thursday and i've been a huge star wars fan i'm just sick of like i, I just want to feel magic of going to a movie not expecting yes. anything. that's what's great about this episode is that so many of these little indie ones i see them on the list i don't even want to read like i asked <laughs> just ask jason what should i see he's like check this out it's cool okay i'm gonna watch it without seeing even a poster trailer not knowing anything about and, and it and i try to keep my description simple too I yeah try you to. do <laughs> and it's, it's so cool Less like more, to be able yeah. to just go into things like that isn't it yeah. it's like oh yeah that's so many of these movies surprised. surprise you yep. yeah it's great it's like like seeing movies when you were like when you were a kid you go in there with this sense of wonder and then you go out you know and then it's yeah. it's a completely different experience. There are or you no turn on HBO and you didn't have a choice. It was just what was playing <laughs> yeah. on TV. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is that yeah. everybody's number eight then? Right. Yeah. Eight. Sorry, I'm just getting a little sad now. The state of cinema today. Oh. But anyway. we have so much access to cool stuff now too, though. You know, there's a flip side to it. 
There's pro. There's pros, but yeah. Yeah, I just wish you know people quit watching movies on phones and stuff like that. But that's not going to (laughs) happen with today's youth. Yeah, Scorsese says he's okay with people watching The Irishman on a large tablet. (laughs) (laughs) I just can. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right, moving on to number seven, Andy. What is your number seven? My number seven, and I'm very glad that uh, Tad suggested this to me. It is, <clears throat> it is a Mexican film called "Tigers Are Not Afraid." Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, spoil it. That's my number seven, also. Oh, oh nice! Back to back. Yeah, so we can um, just talk about it. Yes. Uh, what a very very unique story um it's about uh, these kids that are being systematically uh because their parents were were killed by this cartel and uh they're but they are granted this one girl is granted three wishes right tad mm-hmm. and uh once she wants her mom back which you know whoops it's the same old stories like well yes <laughs> but uh be careful what you wish for and i don't want to give too much away if you, have you guys is it just me and tad that have seen this or uh, i think we've all seen we've it. all seen it yeah oh, excellent oh good um and just uh it has really really bummed out moments for me like when there, there's a child that gets shot, and it's the youngest oh, one. Fuck, of these. Holy fuck! But, yeah. Oh, you just want to freaking cry because so the kid. Heavy. Well, for starters, the kid. It doesn't help that the kid is just absolutely fucking adorable to be. Yeah. With. The most innocent. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and it's got really, really cute moments where you know where the paranormal stuff kicks in, and like his little tiger. You know, is walking around. You know, the, the oh, kids. Oh man! Play. I mean, just it's just there's so much good stuff in this in this film. Um, uh, I don't want to say everything. Uh, you, uh, Tad? <laughs> no, no, it's, I I absolutely agree. Um, this played at Panic Fest like two years ago when I went with Jason and Mike, and we didn't yeah. go see it in the theater. And I now I've seen it on uh, Shutter. Yeah. Yeah, streaming on Shutter. I'm kicking myself for not seeing it in a theater, but um, I did not know what to expect, and I sort of skipped. We skipped it there, and then it was getting some rumblings, and it's amazing to me, like something like this can play, you know, two years ago at a festival and not make its way, did not make huge waves, because man, like I feel like, you know, we all saw this, and I, I we all liked it, and um, I, it's weird to say you liked it because what a horrific reality i mean like we've said yeah. it already several times this episode real life is more scary than uh, anything you can write and this one is absolutely there because i really we i think me and jason even talked about this one is it horror and it's like well fuck man like if this isn't horror what is <laughs> it's uh, real yeah yeah and pain you know it's uh it has a little some elements of fantasy and they carry around the little tiger and you know, I, I'm not even. I I fucking hate kids, but man, like, <laughs> like yeah, me too. You, you, you take kids that <laughs> have their parents taken away from them and put them in an awful situation again. Like, how much? Does how much? 
how you know what do these kids have to go through and man it's tough to watch sometimes and like the scene you talked about earlier was just heart-wrenching like you know i i'd love to th- see like a kid get thrown in a wood chipper but in a situation it's just like <laughs> wow yeah. heartbreaking you know because it's like it he does not deserve this man like this it's tough but uh it made gave me the feels which is a great thing and you know as soon as i watched it i, I wish nikki would have watched it with me and it's one of those ones that it's like you tell people about it and it's like well be ready for it to be heavy turn off your phone and just sit and watch it you know yeah don't let it play in, it's not something you play in the background it's something you definitely have to sit down and watch um but it is heavy mm-hmm. so you liked it mike yeah. i thought it'd be too serious for you no i liked it because it's got a lot of, you know, cool like fantasy imagery and and whatnot, and the concept I really liked as well. It is a, it is maybe a little heavy for my taste as well. And as a parent, it's hard to watch that oh, kind of man. stuff happen, you know, with oh, the kids yeah. and stuff. But but uh, was unique, and it you know there's some things that really stood out. So yeah, no, I liked it. Didn't make my top ten, but it was a good film. So yeah, so that's two people down. Jason, what's your number seven? Oh shit! Oh, my number seven, Brightburn. Nice, loved nice. it. So good. F the haters. It yeah. was awesome. I mean, yeah, like what everybody said. It was just uh, I can't. We had just we had just watched uh, the boys and had a freaking blast watching it. Oh yeah. Love the boys. So much fun watching Can't the boys. Can't wait to season two. So it's Amen. like, it was cool. I mean, I'm not uh, the comic book geek that Insane Mike is. Nope. Which by all, uh, a very large and in charge <laughs> comic book geek. So he knows, he knows about, uh, you know, the dark side of comics. I just know pretty colorful tights and, and everybody wins at the end and Superman's the best. But, uh, but so like, I, I, I no no I just meant he's saying general. that's the stereotype like the yeah the basics. Oh, okay but I mean I guess I did I'm preachers one of the only comics I've actually read from beginning to end but so I have seen the dark side of comics so I don't know after watching the boys it's like oh man how how is there not more of like the bad stuff you know or like it's cool and that's the thing though too because because even the well, villains that- in most of these. Uh, mainstream comics aren't even nearly as evil as. Do you know how many port- times <laughs> DC has told stories where Superman has gone bad? That's true. Or evil versions Red of Superman. Superman. Uh-huh. But then it takes like James Gunn and some independent film to to make a movie about. So it. it's out there. It's just. Yeah, I mean, this, this is definitely to the extreme. Right. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, didn't but Superman yeah. put his fist through like the Joker one time? Like just like literally put his arm through him. That was uh, for the in for the first Injustice game. That was the plot line of that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fisted Joker. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rated R. Um so it's it was it's great seeing the dark side, the the not the character, the you know the evil side of what could be. It's just yeah, it's very cool. Same with the boys. Like what? What if they were just not the best people? You know because you know, and in if the that world was today, not if superheroes were in reality, we would have our there superheroes would be, would be like the boys or it would. or this mm-hmm. Brightburn guy. 
Uh, oh, and we haven't talked about the mask. I really liked the mask. I love too. the mask and the costume of this the little, kid. The little janky, half sewn weirdo. Yeah, it's scarecrow is creepy as shit. Creepy as shit. It yes. really is. I hope if they continue again and they continue with this world and create uh, their own little evil superhero franchise, that we'll see an adult version still wearing that same mask. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I just loved watching this kid unfold you know like you everyone knew where it was going it was just it was fun seeing how it was going to go and how bad it was going to get and it was cool i really really liked it yeah right burn i think the older he gets the more pervy he's gonna get and sneak into little girls rooms and it's gonna be in there i'm i was pissed because apparently for black friday Walfart was selling it on Blu-ray for ten bucks. Oh yeah, special features. Mm-hmm. If only you weren't working twenty-four-seven no over saying. that weekend. Uh, anyway, so we're up to you. So my number seven, and I just uh, the more we keep going, the more I. Just start feeling unsure of my list. I was I, so confident at the beginning. Of I was the, sure this was your number one. This this should have. I was the, sure of it. The more I think about it, the more it should have been higher. Oh God! I, and this is a movie that uh, I see. Tad turned me on to this one. Yeah, this is your fault, Tad. And yep. you described <laughs> it exactly how I felt when I watched it, but you still could not have prepared me. Nope. For the execution of the second half of the movie, even though you you described it perfectly, and that is one cut of the dead. Ooh! So oh yeah! Fucking good! I freaking loved it's, it. That it's whole, awesome. That whole second half when they reverse the angle and it's showing you how they made that first half, it's which was like, the first half was amazing, even though yeah. it wasn't yeah. it, it wasn't the best movie, but as a one take. Little zombie, it was still fucking awesome. Yeah, but it, it was so. Stand alone. And then you I mean, think it was good. Yeah. Oh no, the second half. Second half blows puts your it fucking way mind over hole. the fucking top, man. Right. See <laughs> moments where like you thought it was the three of them are sitting uh, there and having the most awkward conversation on the planet. Uh-huh. Uh, and the makeup chairs, and you're like, what? what? And then when you see the other side oh, of it, my. when the cue cards is like improvise something, it's you so know. Good. And it's like, and it all makes sense. Or when they all stop and they all look to the left, and you're like, "What?" what you? <laughs> you see, it's because somebody's showing them a cue card of like, "We're not ready" or some, it's so something. So like smart. That. Yeah, like, you just couldn't have prepared for how smart it is. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Well, see, like something like this. I mean, one, I will say that I um, am sort of like just sad that I put it on my list last year because. Uh, you know, it would definitely still have made my list again this year, and I debated on if I could put it on my list again. <laughs> but um, to me, like when we talked about um, uh, the dead don't die, like this is on the opposite end of the spectrum for me, where they did so much with so little. Where mm-hmm. you know that movie to me felt like they had so much and did and uh, didn't did, do much with it. Where bit. yeah, this is like the the flipped script on that, where like just took a. You couldn't uh, have done any more with as right. little as they very, had. 
Yeah, very cool. What a what a what a ride, you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a one-two punch with two different narratives but the same story and the way that they're able to do that just so seamlessly is just it's it's amazing. It is. It, yeah, cuz yeah, cuz there's no way they actually shot the second half. While shooting the first half, because no, at the credits, at the credits they show you see. again another perspective, the actual behind Act the scenes of, the of shooting right. the first half <laughs> to know what to do for the second half. Yeah. Oh gosh, and it was so cool to see that though too. The yeah. actual first half behind the scenes. So I guess uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I need to give a little bit of synopsis. So the first half of the movie, it plays out like this extremely low budget of a zombie film. Where these people are making this movie in this like abandoned warehouse thing or whatever, and turns out zombies, there's zombies that start attacking people, and it's not a huge cast. But the unique thing about the first act, first act of this movie, is that it's all one camera take. There's no cuts. It's all one camera angle following these three people while they try to survive and 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 um and try to get out of it. And it in itself is not. Uh, it's ambitious. Like there's extremely there's still it alone is fucking cool. There's there's you're you're not just uh, there's BSing with going on where with arms just wide shots. Stuff. You yeah. know you're not just pulling. You know it's ambitious and really well done. And then you're only like what twenty minutes in the movie and credits roll and you're like what the f- what? And yeah then, right. And uh-huh. then it cuts to. You know, much cleaner looking film stock. You know, the, you know the image looks much better. Kind of wide. And it's this director who's getting hired to do this job to shoot this one take zombie movie that's going to play live on Japanese television. And you know, he's meeting his cast and crew and whatnot, and then building up to when they actually do it. And so they do the whole movie again, the whole first act again, but only this time from the perspective of the filmmakers. And the camera people. Behind. And what's also really cool about this is like you're you're basically getting the same thing twice, but the second half there's so much going on. And oh. I'm not just talking about like them making this, but like you get some character development out of the director um, and out of it his wasn't daughter. Supposed to be the director, and that, that's right. Yeah, he and, wasn't even originally. Supposed and the daughter. Oh, the story. Well, he wasn't supposed to be the actor. He was directing it, right. and he ended up having to be the actor who played the director uh-huh. in the in the first part of the movie. And but you see an arc with him because he's just so meek and timid at the beginning of this, and then like and he needs so take charge by the end of it, and then coming out and you're all just when everything ended up working and everybody's so happy and they they do that pyramid crane shot oh, at the fun. end, which is like. I, st- I still don't know if that would have worked the way they did it, you know, but. when you see the actual crane shot. But uh, didn't care because it was, like, just so uplifting and everybody's so happy. And, and you know, you, you, it's a real good yeah, feel-good moment. the arc with the kid, the storyline yeah, is so good. With his daughter and, and, and with his wife is kind of crazy. <laughs> and <laughs> So I have a question for everyone watching. Like, when you sat down and started watching this, and you were it just kicked off. You were like, "Why is this heart highly regarded? Like, what is this?" And then it took a little bit. Like, I, I want to. What was your like? What was your thought process when you hit play and just started watching this? Um, I don't know if I can give a fair perspective on it because by that point, you you had already kind of told me what to expect that it was going to do this flip at the at the end. 
but even still at the beginning i'm like yeah this is this is so i mean it's cool because it's one camera angle it's one it's one camera take but you know it's it's pretty low budget some of the acting is kind of weird and I, I didn't really know what to think at first i'm like this is being held in such high regard i i didn't quite get it at first even knew, even though i knew if i it, that that there was something more to come with the second half that maybe i would have given up on it sooner if i didn't know something more was coming i don't know i was going to say i i i really didn't remember that there was more i had it's been it had been so long since we'd talked about it and tad talked about it and I again didn't look into it much. I just knew that it I had to watch it. And I just kind of forgot that there was more than just the one take. Yeah. So, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I had a lot of fun as a cinematographer myself just watching the technical of like, "Oh man, look at them pull all this off whether or not the acting and the story is great or not." But just the technical part, I was enjoying it. Right. <clears throat> but then, yeah, once it got done in the second half, oh man, then that then it it was even more exciting to watch from a technical filmmaker thing to see how they you know like yeah. as a filmmaker, it I don't know I think it makes uh, it's easier for us to like it even more than maybe a normal guy off the street. You maybe. may be right. Yeah. But at the same time, if you do watch it, I mean, the movie's great because it inherently has such a frenetic pace that it's easy to just hang on and go for the ride, you know, because it's sure. this timed it thing. Stop, and, yeah. and you gotta, and then clearly in the second half, all they're doing is panicking, you know, <laughs> for 50 minutes, you know, and it's, so you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. You know they get there, but you're like, how are they gonna get there? And then to see how it unfolds completely, not how you expected. Awesome. It's just, it's, it's it's just hilarious because, like, everything that can go wrong goes wrong. It really does. And You never would have thought. Yeah. You couldn't have. Yet, at, yet when you watch the first half, you're like, you yeah. think this is the way it's supposed to be. And that's what's cool because there's, like, so much down that they to had to the make little, up on the spot. Yeah, down to the little, like, st- having to stop when they first walk in, having to stop that second time, you know. like Oh, that's right. All the little, all the little things that meant nothing. And was weird in the first half. There were reasons for it, even the stupidest little things. Oh man! I think one of the creepiest shots Ugh. of the whole first part is when she's <laughs> when she's hiding in that shed or whatever it was, and and all you see is this zombie leg walk into frame, standing over top of her, and you're like, oh my god! And then it just limbers off, and you're like. Whew. First of all, you know, the makeup was pretty cool. Kind of had an Italian look to it. You uh-huh. know, this pale white with torn flesh on it. And then when you see the reverse, it's just they painted up a crew member's leg so he could go in there and show her a sign <laughs> that says, grab the whatever, the, yeah. what was it? Grab the, the, the hatchet when you leave. That's all. That was the whole point of that zombie being yeah. there. But it was such a creepy looking moment. It was such a creepy suspenseful moment in the first half. But it also, and it also just summarizes in a very crazy fan- fantastical way of what it's like being on a film set. Of like, you gotta make it 
work. You have to make your day. You have to make this work. So shit got fucked up. Well, now we got to rewrite it. It epitomizes all of being on a set. And so by the time it gets to the end of the movie, just that director and the, and like them winning in such a challenging thing, it has so much heart to it. It just mm-hmm. couldn't be denied. I can't believe it's your number seven. I think, I think again, <laughs> I think I got... Should be higher. I think I overthought it and just was like, <laughs> is this a horror film? Because yes, oh. it's a zombie movie. First half is purely horror zombie, but at the end of the day, is it? Is it? Because there's so much more to it than it's that. It's definitely comedy. Yeah. And, and the fact that the movie ends... And such an uplifting, heart-filled moment. It's like that's not that's not horror. <laughs> so, is there a reason why you asked that, Tad? Uh, the thoughts previous. I just I just find that I, I'm just curious about that because, like, when I saw this right before we recorded last year, and it was when it popped up when it wasn't supposed to on uh, Prime. Uh huh. At the time, it wasn't known that th- it was assumed that they had uploaded it, and uh, so I just flipped it on one morning, and I had no fucking clue. And that was my my reaction was like, at, when it started, I'm like, well, this is sort of cool, like that they're doing one shot, and this is like a low budget thing, but I don't. And then like when it started taking twists, I'm like, whoa, wait, what? And then it was another <laughs> like, what? Oh, what? Like, and then I'm like, oh, this is fucking genius, and I'm like. <laughs> These, oh man, like movie, like a group of guys who talk about movies that are all sort of in that world of making movies. This is going to like, this is going to really just hit all the right spots for them. So uh, yeah, yeah, totally did. You know, I I wish I could like put a camera on it and like, just let, you know, watch you guys like watch it. (laughs) Mike reaction. Yeah. Just having a blast of this one. So, oh, a hundred percent. And like. My jaw, you would see my jaw hit the floor if you were filming me. And that is my jaw hitting the floor after I already knew you told me exactly how the second half was going to go. Yeah. You know, I still, you still just can't, couldn't be prepared for the execution of it. Right. So smart. So smart. Josh, dang. Cool. Did you have something you wanted to add about this one, Andy? Uh, what, what can I say that's already. That Sorry, hasn't already yeah. <laughs> been said, man. Um, I was very, very impressed. You know, normally, like when, you know, when I see a tone change like that, I'm just like, okay, what? You know, are we gonna go like where are you know? Normally, you know, they're like rewinding. Okay, you know, it's just like, okay, this is what happened beforehand. You know, it's just like, okay, well, what could you really what? my mind just goes to like, okay, what they, what could they really say? Who, who cares what happened? Just what, what happened just before, you know? And I was just like, Oh shit, it's a film crew. You know, it's just like, okay, this is, this is what they were doing. And then just like, like Ted said, I was like, Oh my God, this is genius. They're showing us how they, how they did it. And they're, and and they're walking us through. I mean, it's just like you, I mean, essentially as a viewer, you get to, you get to, be a part of the crew. Yeah. And that's like, that's the, that's the first time I've ever really experienced that. Like as, as a viewer. And I'm just like, Holy shit. I, you know, I'm, I'm drawn in, you know, in in that moment, I'm just, I'm, I am going nowhere, 
you know, and just that's the mark of a good movie, regardless of what genre it is. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it's just like this is this is a great freaking movie, and you ranked it too low, Mike. I totally. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with you because I honestly don't think you're going to hear me talk nearly as passionate about the rest of my list <laughs> as I have about this movie right now. I'm so and, excited to be defense, talking about it. I will say that um, these lists are really, really hard to put together for people who are so passionate about movies like us. And I will say, in most, I, I assume you guys will agree that you know these could all switch around by the minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They can they can all change places. So no, by no means are you know is is one a solid solid spot on the list where it's so much better than the one below it, or vice versa. Is just these are our favorite movies of the year, and I almost wish they didn't have to have a number attached to them. So yeah, definitely true, true. But with that said, let's move on to number six. <laughs> let's do that. So, Andy, what is your number six film of 2019? My number six is Doctor Sleep. Me, me too. Really? Yep. Okay. At number six. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm loving this. This is awesome. Um, wow. Wow. This, this movie really, really impressed me. And the reason, the reason why, and normally, uh, a lot of Stephen King stuff is, is really good and I really like it, but there was one part of this movie that I just found so disturbing and it's when they're, they're cutting up that kid that's attached to the ground and you know they're Ugh. they're taking his his essence or his his steam out of him because he can shine, and I'm just like, oh man, just 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 stop. I mean, Rude. I I because I, I, like the kid is crying and he's, he's a ten year old boy. And I'm like, God damn, you people are sick. So and what you're saying is like, as long as you. Um, brutally kill some children they're going to end up on andy's favorite movie list <laughs> yeah yes that yes what that <laughs> means well i mean i guess i guess it's the first time that you know i mean i've seen it happen in in other movies but i just i guess it wasn't expecting it from king from a stephen king movie i guess i i don't know i mean i guess he does they do it in uh you know, in it, and you know, kids die in that and such. But uh, in in this case, this particular scene, because it was so drug out, because they they want to, you know, they they because like the like I guess the fear when he's scared, the steam tastes better or something like that, or it's more potent or or something, that, whatever. And so they're prolonging it, and they're just you know they're torturing this kid. I'm like, oh my god, damn, you know, it's um. But I really love the story, you know, seeing Danny. And, of course, of course, they go back to the Overlook, which is totally awesome. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, you know, hearing how he, uh, you know, how he uh, communicates with, you know, the, the girl and, you know, just how they're able to just, you know, kill the rest of these uh this this clan of people that are feeding off of in- soul vampires, basically. Yeah, it's it, yeah, essentially. Um, the the my only complaint is this: I wish you know, 
we knew like the like the <laughs> what do they call him like the black crow or whatever or uh, crow daddy these, yeah it's something something along those lines um they all had like these special names and all this and that and like uh, what was the Andy chick uh, I can't remember uh, snake bite like, Andy. Yeah, Snakebite Andy, and uh, they all had, you know, I wish a lo- we could have learned a little bit more, like, sure. you know, a little bit more character development on the, in the rest of the crew, because they all had names, and they all had special attributes. I wish we could have learned a little bit more about them, and, and seen, you know, seen what they could do, because they all had, you know, special talents. But... You know that doesn't kill the movie for me, obviously, but uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. And yeah, what what are your guys' thoughts? Blew me away, man. I uh, did not read the book, and I'll be honest. Like, I have one friend who's an avid Stephen King reader, and when this book came out, he was like, "Oh, it's a sequel to The Shining with some vampires in it," and <laughs> and Danny as as an adult and I'm like that doesn't sound like anything I want <laughs> I'm into and then, and then you know the trailer came out and it was like sort of uh, the trailer blew people's minds because it connected to Kubrick's movie yep. which you Didn't know that. Uh, f- good on Flanagan like what a you know, a brave, a sort of a, a crazy move because it's very well known that Stephen King is not a fan of that adaptation. Yeah. And here, in here we go about like you know knowing so much about movies. Um, I read about this one afterwards, but you know, hearing how he he sort of got it done and basically went to Stephen King and said, "Look, like I want to adapt this one, but I want to connect it to Kubrick's universe." And right away, Stephen King was like, "Nope." Of course he's going to say no. And he's like, well, let me show you how I would do that. And uh, he did such a good job of, of you know, taking the two universes and splicing them together that he convinced Stephen King to say, okay, that, I want to see that. And I'm so glad he did because what a, what a great movie. Um, you know, I, I was a little apprehensive about saying how much i loved it just because i was afraid i, I was just is simply my love for the shining but it's not because he does things that sh- that normally i would absolutely hate like recasting these big roles um but he does it so well and it's not even about for me it's like when i'm watching it, it's not even about like it's clear that they're different actors but it's it's so set in that world and even outside of going back to the hotel it's just these characters are really cool. Every, all the uh, the performances are so strong that it's it's its own thing. Um, and what is it? Rose the Hat is that what yep. they call her? Rose like, the Hat. Yeah. When I when I sort of saw her, I thought I would not care for the character. I mean, <sighs> how great I, was like, she? She was fantastic. Really cool. And you know, and I love the back and forth between her and Abra. You know, even across like the scene where she's at the grocery store and she throws her into the the coolers like that's really fucking rad and yeah. you know I, I i didn't really think about you know what andy was saying with the the character's backstory i did never even thought about how cool it would be to learn a little bit more about them which yeah. it would be um it was heartbreaking when uh danny's new friend who's 
driving across the country for him that you know hasn't known him much and he's digging up dead kids and stuff i hated seeing him go but you know he had to um you know that was but that's i guess that's a good thing because it was like you know they really developed that character made you sympathize with him before they did that and it gave you the feels but um yeah cool cool movie cool idea you know it's very rare that you can take something as big as The Shining and not only successfully write a book, but then adapt that book into a sequel movie and combine it, like take a risk and combine it and, and make it a sequel to an adaptation. It's like all the all the things that shouldn't work, and they put it together, and they did a damn good job. Uh, so props to Flanagan for pulling off the impossible. Yeah, how great were those recreated scenes? Fucking yeah. flawlessly amazing. Man, what what a fun playground for him too. Oh, you know, you yeah. know, it took a fan to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. So yeah. And that's yeah, that's one of the things I loved about it. I mean, I think Mike Flanagan did one of the best things from last year <clears throat> with the house on or the haunted hill haunted haunting uh, hill house. Hill house. Yes, and. Uh, um, and 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 I loved it because it. I mean, I liked The Shining as much as the next guy, and like, this was nothing like The Shining, you know. Like, I mean, it it had all the elements and stuff, but it was such a different thing, you know. It was, right. Yeah. It was it was amazing because when I watched, I saw the first trailers, just like I didn't know anything about the books, so I see you and McGregor, and I'm like, that's fucking Danny Torrance. Oh my god, <laughs> this is so cool. And then. <laughs> Just so that just the thought of that is amazing, and how he grew up, and then it's totally a different kind of movie. Yeah, he's just running from these soul vampires, and and uh, but then the way it ties in, and the way he uh, uses his powers and locks things up is so was so great, and you know to work. Oh man, I had a I liked it. Yeah, it was cool. I haven't seen it. I know. I missed it at the theater, damn it. I suck. I was just thinking, though. It's a good one. Um, listening <laughs> to you guys talk. It's interesting. You know, there's, what, three Stephen King adaptations out this year? Oh. That's interesting. Only three, huh? Well, it's more than what we've gotten in the past couple decades. That's true. In the tall grass, what's the other one? It Chapter 2. Oh, It Chapter 2, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So that's that's both you and Andy's number six. So, Tad, what's your number six? I'm going into another one that I think uh, I'm hoping that everybody is... uh, It might be even higher on everybody else's list, but Crawl. Nice. So good. Yeah, this one, there's not a whole lot to uh, explain. A a girl goes to save her dad during a hurricane, finds herself trapped in a house with uh, some gators. It's that simple, and that's what I like about it. That's what I love about it. Yeah, you turn off your brain for an hour and a half um, and watch a girl try to get out of a house that has some fucking alligators in it. Like, what more do you need? You know, sometimes it's as simple as that. Like, it is the opposite of a movie like um, uh, In Fabric or, um, you know, uh, Starfish or, you know, it's it's 
the opposite of that, and that's okay. Like, I love both ends of the spectrum. This one, it sort of, it, to me, is like the way you guys described, you know, and it falls in that category of, like, Brightburn, where it's just there, and it's, like, beginning to end uh, a nice punch and doesn't let up, and it's it doesn't need, it, it doesn't try to be more than what it is. It's a Gator movie. Um, and they didn't kill the dog, so I'm totally on yeah. <laughs> I did not see this one. Oh, yeah, it's just a pure, it's like you said, it's a pure adrenaline ride for an hour and a half. You know, just it's just so suspenseful and, and, and tense the whole time. doesn't let up. It's just a thrill a minute. And, and I'm always a huge fan of simplistic stories. This is strip out all all you know ton of plot and you know ton of characters and whatnot and just really about two people and a dog trying to survive this hurricane right it's with just gators a, um, coming after it's him. just an 80s animal attack film yeah but but, but, but new and it's still like similar to that alive well, there's way more gator in it than eating alive yeah. um and and Alexander Aja back. He needs he's back to make in full form, man. He oh, does. So happy to have him back. You know, it's been a while since he's directed something, and and I'm really excited he's directed something that's not like a remake or an adaptation of something else. You know, it's yeah. been way too long. Okay, yes, he uh, horns horns Wrong was 2013. And but then there was something. What's that ninth? The ninth life of Louis Drax. Never even heard of that. That was 2016. So and then you and then you know crawl in 2019. So it had been a while. And yeah, he's definitely a guy that needs a much bigger filmography. Because I, I mean, I haven't seen everything, but everything I have seen is freaking great. So yeah, um, he's definitely one of those more current filmmakers that I love. And he delivered the goods on this one, just you know, like his other stuff. So so good to see Barry Pepper back in action too. That was also oh. I was gonna say yes. Yeah, he doesn't do enough. He was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. You may hear crawl <laughs> crawl onto my yeah, list later on. And just before we move on. Um, on a side note, I think uh, this sort of falls in the same category. Me and Jason, I think, were the only two that watched this other movie that's in the sim- in the same boathouse called The Pool. Mike saw it. Um, I finally watched it. Yeah? Yeah. It, it's not, it's, I guess I shouldn't ask if it's on anyone's list because it might spoil, but I don't imagine it would be above Crawl on any, anyone's list. But um, if you're a fan of Crawl, this might be something you'd be interested in. Uh, a much more absurd idea where someone gets stuck in an Olympic-sized pool with a gator and an injured girl <laughs> or fiancé or girlfriend. Um, pretty ridiculous, <laughs> but... Uh, with some gator action. I'll tell you what, I've talked more about The Pool than I've probably talked about any other movie. Yeah, you, you do have a huge boner for The Pool. No, I don't. I'm just, but it's so goddamn ridiculous, yeah. and it, it's just insane, and it's so talk-aboutable. Yeah. It's, you know, like... It's definitely not on anybody's <laughs> list, so we no. can definitely feel free to talk about it now. And but. I was secretly hoping, I'm like, at the end of this... 
I know it's not coming up, but I'm going to somehow get the pool into it's this got, show. I, exactly. It had to get brought up at some it's, point. It's so crazy. I didn't watch it for nothing. Yeah, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on my honorable mentions, but I mean, no. you mentioned you had to mention it during crawl because you know it's that's a good obviously point. two gators and two absurd that's ideas. It's just one's one's executed a, quite a bit better, but um, <laughs> but that's, it was it was fun. Though. I mean, that one was. was another one that didn't let up. Like you know, it did not let up. It did not let up, but in, in a, not in, necessarily in a, in a good way. Because <laughs> I told Jason tonight <laughs> when he found when I told him I watched it, I told him tonight I'm like. This guy could not catch a break. He is like he's got the, the worst luck on the planet ever. Yeah. Like it was, I wasn't even in suspense. I was getting pissed off. I'm like, seriously, you're this. How's stupid? it gonna fuck up this time? How he's gonna get so close? And nope. The moment for oh, me ends up in the other pool. Over. Like oh fuck. <laughs> the moment for me is when um, he goes down to stuff his sweater in the drain. Oh, like, the that's pizza stop guy. It. And the pizza guy shows up, and he just so happens to get his chain stuck in the grate, and he can't get out. He, it's in so time fun. for the pizza guy before he and drives he away. Gets, he finally gets up, and the pizza guy starts his moped just at the same time as he's yelling help. It's, yeah. it's let's see how many times of- shit can g- not work out for this guy in one movie. Yeah. That scene made me think of Halloween 2 when, like, Lori's crawling and they're going to the hospital. She's in the parking lot. And as soon as they walk in the door, she finally musters up the breath to yell, Help! Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Right when they get in the hospital, it's, like, so frustrating. It's, um, almost, but... it's almost comical in this oh, movie. Oh, almost. Oh, almost yeah. comical. But, yeah, so the guy, he falls asleep on this raft in, in the middle of this <laughs> Olympic-sized swimming pool. He's got his dog there. His dog is chained onto the uh he's an actor and that was shooting at this pool yeah and they're draining the pool and he wakes up at the point where the water's not drained yet but he still can't reach the top just enough just enough to where he can't reach and then so we spend the first half of the movie of him trying to survive in this pool that's draining and then the other half of this movie of him (laughs) trying to survive in this drained swimming pool with no way out, and then an alligator shows up. It happens. <laughs> this like, that's, this glowing neon green. Just, it's like it knows how ridiculous it is, and it, it plays is on It's insane that. how this crazy this movie is. But I know why you like Crawl better than oh, you yeah. like the pool, Tad. Yes. The dog survives in Crawl. Hey, spoilers. Uh, oh, yeah. No, Tad, I can show you the text. Tad says, "Fuck this movie," yep. and I knew yep. right when it was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's if if Crawl would have uh, even killed the dog, I still would have put it higher because there's no way they could have killed it in a worse possible fucking no. way. Jesus Christ, fuck yep. off! That, that was, was horrible, awful. That was awful. That poor dog. And yeah, that was worse than the kid dying. And tigers are not afraid. It probably mm. was. But uh, and it's a Japanese movie. Yeah, that's right. Also, it's a well Asian. It, yeah, I'm, I could not exactly sure Asian. Japanese or. And if you guys have a Roku or maybe Apple TV and stuff, there's a app called Midnight Pulp, and it's for free on there. But you could probably find it around. And dude, you're right. That pulp is got some, some amazing some stuff on there. Some cool stuff on there. Yeah, it's crazy. I was just scrolling through Facebook. I don't even think I liked I liked their page at the time. I think I do now, but. <laughs> The trailer for the pool pops up, and I'm like, "That looks wild." What's this? I sat and watched the trailer. I'm like, "Where can I find this?" And it was like free on this app. I never heard of. I'm like, "Cool, download the app, watch it." And I'm like, 
No shit. Like, this just opened a whole new gate. Like, that's what I, you know, we live in a cool time where there's just a fucking streaming app with all this cool stuff that I had never heard of. Like, awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of really <laughs> cool, you know, it's not like some of these these Roku apps of, like, horror movies you've never heard of, but for good reason, you yeah. know? Right. <laughs> this yeah. is actually got some really cool stuff you've never heard of. A lot of Asian stuff. There's, like, some yeah. Japanese anime. There's a whole oh, bunch yeah. of, like, Jackie Chan films and um, some of the, uh, what are those what are those movies called? The Pink? Uh, the Pink films. God dang it. Flamingo. No. Panther. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Midnight Pulp app. The Pool. Check it out. Yeah, not on our list. We got to stop talking about it because yeah. we're about on the <laughs> See verge of saying? talking about it more than the people who sponsor uh, our show. Oh, no, I know. <clears throat> Good call. <laughs> so that leaves me the last of uh, the number six here, and um, man, I don't have a too much more to add to it. So you know, not very exciting, suspenseful. But uh, my number six is us. Because I, I do really like this movie, even with uh, its kind of logic flaws. I, I can enjoy movies by suspending disbelief, people. Yeah, so try it. It's called... Uh, it's called... Um, hey, it's a movie. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> Suspension of disbelief, or... Um, um, dang it, I can't even remember the term anymore. <laughs> Art, artistic... Uh, License, uh, yeah, arti- um, artistic license of you know, it it suits the story, doesn't have to make sense, right? This isn't really happening in reality, yeah. This is a story, that's right. When spaceships blow up in space in Star Wars, they make noise, and you allow that to be okay, <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, good, yeah. And Star Wars fans, they're all about. Things being okay. Exactly. Yeah, true. Uh, so, yeah, but I don't know if I have too much else Which is to your favorite uh, doppelganger? Oh, man. The little... Was it the boy oh. with the mask? Yeah, he was creepy yeah. as F. <laughs> I think the dad, like, he's, he's fucking big, burly Root. dude. So yeah. his uh, doppelganger's pretty damn terrifying. But the... Tim Heidecker at Doppelganger is creepy too, just because Tim Heidecker God, is a weirdo. I can't believe he was in such a serious movie. Yeah. It's <laughs> so crazy. And, and he when, was good. Uh, they had the uh, Us House at Halloween Horror Nights, and they had that scene oh. in like as one of the rooms, and that was really cool. Like You walked into the living room, and they had the balcony with the two dead uh, twins. And then uh, one of the scares I loved um, was... Like there was a doorway and a guy that looked like Tim Heidecker stepped out and, uh, sl- and then like jumped in your way and then slicked back his hair. And uh, I just love the idea that we live in a time where I can go to Universal Studios and see someone dressed as a Tim Heidecker character scaring me. Oh. Like, what a weird time to be alive, man. I love it. Oh, That was a cool house because they had like a room with um, the... Uh, Lead actress, I always pre- I don't even want to try to butcher her name because I always get it wrong. Um, Lupita. Yeah, and uh, they had just a room where she stood with the scissors and like there was bunnies everywhere and like <laughs> the house got a lot of criticism from the horror nights fans who aren't necessarily horror movie fans. They just like haunted houses because they're like there's not a lot happening in this house. It's, it's sort of boring and still, and that's what I loved about it was that it like 
every haunted house that at Horror Nights you go into, every it's basically you're going through these rooms and people are jumping in your face and screaming and loud noises and everything. And this house was the opposite where there was almost none of that, where it was all atmosphere. And that was a big change. And it was a risk. And I thought it was probably one of my favorites because of that, where I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm usually not scared by jump scares anyways. So going through and seeing an accurate recreation of a movie I loved, how, like doesn't get much better. So that's, that's cool. my uh, long extended review of the Us House at Halloween Horror Nights for no reason. <laughs> Very, no, I love it, though, when you bring that stuff up. Makes me want to go really bad every year, but I never do. Yeah, he noticed. He you tells got, me like, about eight, it. Eight months. Yeah, I got like eight months to save up. So so that's the, that's the thing. I don't even plan that far out when Weird Al comes to town. <laughs> Pretty cool seeing Lupita in two films this year. Academy Award nominee. Who what? Yeah. Who'd you say? Lupita. Oh, okay. What was she the other also, movie? Little Monsters. Uh, yeah. Lady oh, Caroline. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. She uh, was actually, this is how cool she is. Uh, one night at Halloween Horror Night, she got into the uh and played herself yeah oh that is awesome Wouldn't that be crazy that's yeah. very very cool of her to do that yeah that makes me respect her even more and her performance in us man with that voice holy shit yeah like if horror was a little more respected she could you know get some awards yeah no doubt if only if only but it wouldn't be a horror film anymore. It'd be a thriller. Okay. Yep. Psychological thriller. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't get nominated for like a Golden Globe in comedy or some shit. Because that's how it usually goes. <laughs> True. True. It's like, well, it has, it has you know Jordan Peele wrote it and has Tim Heidecker. It has to be a comedy. So good. Oh, guys, we're only halfway through. I know. We're kind of running out of time. That means this is going to have to to be continued. I'm going to get an angry message from Derek. (laughs) I know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's part of the new tradition of um, our year-ender is making it a two-parter because we have a lot to talk about. That's right. And I know all of us uh, will feel thankful that it's a two-parter tomorrow at work. So yes, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm already starting to drag. Oh, man. This is what? 198? We're closing in on the 200. 200. We hopefully some... got some cool stuff planned. <laughs> hopefully. And then hopefully you laughed. That's great. That's really <laughs> encouraging for all of us working hard on getting episode 200 ready. I got to figure something out. I got some cool stuff planned. There I just, it is. I just want it to be worthy of being oh, 200. It's there's no doubt in my mind. It's going to blow. It's going to be better than one through nine, 199 uh, together. That's wow. too much. That's too much. That's a one long episode. Well, that too. It's going to be good. Trust me. I'm, I'm super excited for it. For All real. Right. I really am. Oh, it's going to okay. be a doozy. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Okay, so that is going to wrap it up. Oh, did we didn't have any shout-outs? We did, we? but... Uh, want to save it for... Yeah, we'll save it. Okay. Give people more time to... Even though we're going to record tomorrow. Not a lot of people will. Anyway, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it 
for the, the sec big. for the next. Okay. Yep. So we do have some shout outs. Uh, those of you who contributed to the shout outs, don't worry. We're going to do that on the next episode when we do five Climax. through one. Our top five favorite movies of 2019. What's it going to be? Oh, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what you guys have on your list. I know. Me too. It's like Christmas. It is. What's it going to be? So, yeah. So, thanks, everybody out there for listening. It really means a lot. Uh, You guys supporting the show. Um, You know, listening to us. uh, You know, contributing to the shout-outs. All that stuff. It really makes it all worthwhile. So, So, thanks to everybody out there. And that concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast, the part one of the Attack of the Killer Podcast award show. Everybody have a good night. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer!